With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. نشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له الحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله الوالي الكريم وصلى الله على أنبياء أجمعين والمسيح والمحسي والمجدد لمن مرسلين أما بعد Are we not the bearers of witness that nothing would exist if Allah didn't create it? And that he is alone and has no part. And that all gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the sustainer of all the boundless universes. All gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the generous eternal friend. And send salutations of Allah on all of his prophets and his apostles. And on the Messiah, the anointed one. And on the Mahdi, the guide. And on the Mujadda, the reformer. Which was all sent from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We send greetings and we send peace throughout the boundless universe to all. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. The man of the hour, airing seven days a week at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on WGAG Radio. Radio. Energy, anger. Thug energy is normally anger and pain. That's all it is. I know because I do therapy with them thugs. And once they see I ain't scared of them, then we can have a conversation. And fellas, I want to be clear now. When we go back to take over the community, because we're going to have to do it, gentlemen, you can't expect the cops to fix this because they started it. But I want to be clear. I know some of us love our children, but some of our children are so far gone that we're going to have to put some of them to sleep in order to take back the neighborhood. Some of y'all don't want to hear that because you don't live in reality. But I'm telling you as a psychologist, I'm not going to be able to psychologize all of them on the corner. Some of them going to sleep. Fuck God! Give them back all of their concepts. And set the concept of belief and fact on what you have experienced. Now, if you have never seen a fine saucer, don't believe anybody who says they have, including me.
is the question. Why? What would be the reason? I'm all with a guy in Germany and a guy in Mexico that have the exact same story out of me. The exact same story. What? How? And Puerto Rico, Chupacabra. How? And all these people in Puerto Rico, everybody in Puerto Rico is crazy, right? Farmers, villages who have no interest in the public or the media say, yeah, I saw one run by. A blood sucker, they call But y'all who haven't had the experience, look it up, call us crazy. We wonder why you haven't had the experience. Let me see them hands again. The ones who have had the experience, some type of UFO or, or phenomenon. Then I'm saying, you know, quite a few of us have. And it's frightening. Because when I was a little kid, and my sister's probably sitting here right now somewhere, she'll tell you, when I was a little kid, I could just stay up for weeks. I got to sit right back there. Is that true? What did y'all used to do? Tell the truth. Give her a mic to speak down. Let me beat the hell out of you. What would y'all do? When you came back, you didn't say <laughs> a question. They call. Okay, let me let me let me disappear. We should take it. We didn't know what happened to him. We come back. We had like heavy nosebleeds and stuff like that. And um, he was as a kid then saying that he was abducted. And we was like, yeah, all right. And he was just this is true, believe me. And he was a little kid, not knowing anything about it. There was no TV, no media about abductions and stuff like that. And he was like. Mixing into the society of man, not only good ones, 
They want to use humans for food, some of them. Don't feel bad. Chickens feel that way about you. You just another part of the chain of life. You still got to eat off a curly let go. I mean, Goldfield. You got them locked in your yard inside a gate. Raise them to kill them, to cut them, to eat them. And then when a couple of y'all get abducted, and to make the judges put you somewhere and raise y'all to cut you to eat you, maybe they don't curry you or barbecue. They might got some other term they use. You feel like they're right. <laughs> <laughs> Almost everybody wants to tell you the same thing. It ain't right. You can't just do. You just can't do that to people. Is that what they said? That's not right. They just came to my bed. Woman took me out and did things to me. Some people like that. Some people hate it. Everyone waits for the end of the late night. But it is happening. And don't let, don't let anybody fool you into thinking because you haven't been abducted yet and it's not happening. It is happening. Yes. Brother, I have a question. What is more like advice? Um, but three weeks ago, I was uh, experienced a ringing in my ear. I get them frequently, but this one was like intense. And now I can't hear or it's like pressure is in my left ear. I was wondering, have anyone come to you? All the time. You have a hole in your ear? Yes. Open them or what? On the right. On the right ear? Okay, go ahead. It's like I'm, I'm afraid. Don't, don't be afraid. I don't want to go to the doctor. Don't be afraid. The doctor can't tell you nothing. That ring in your ear is alignment. People with holes in their ears over here, some have one, some have two. That, those are people that are going, uh, I'm trying to give another word for it. Uh, I, I can't think of anything else other than the word counselor. When the, when the elders come, when God comes, Right? And the voice of God is spoken. It's going to be in sound, not in language. And these people who are being aligned are going to be the ones to tell people where to go. Those are chosen people. And they will be said, they'll have voices in their head. Now, some people hear voices in their head now and end up in another house. <laughs> but the reality of that is that it's a fact that people can hear voices in their head. You understand my point? The fact that doctors will put people in the hospital and put them on certain types of uh, medication because doctors have come to the conclusion that yes, certain people do hear voices in their heads. Wait, Bon? Man is incarnated here and are scaring people down a certain direction. And they become speedily numb. Now, when religion expired, an extraterrestrial came in. There was a flood of UFO abductions, sightings, etc. They had a first
All gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the generous eternal friend. And send salutations of Allah on all of his prophets and his apostles. And on the Messiah, the anointed one. And on the Mahdi, the God. And on the Mujaddid, the reformer. Which was all sent from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We send greetings and we send peace throughout the boundless universe to all. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. The man of the hour, airing seven days a week at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on WGAG Radio. Nothing in prediction changes. 
Yeah. You follow that? Uh -huh. What you're looking at now is Revelation 21. Uh, Revelation 21 ties right in to Malachi 4. You follow what I'm saying? Malachi The four. book of Malachi chapter 4. About the oh, incoming okay. of the end of the world. Okay. If you look at the Revelation 21, where they talk about the removal of the sky and the removal of the earth, or they say the heavens and the earth is going to be taken away and a new one is going to come in, that's the same thing that took place in Genesis. The old world, right, before Adam and Eve was removed and a new world came in with the birth of Adam and Eve. And then again it happened in Genesis when you get down to the uh, prophet Noah and they moved everybody off the planet and they took his seed and replenished the planet again. So there's multiple times where the Almighty steps in and says, I'm going to remove all living things or, or either all creeping things and I'm going to bring in new things. A re, a, what they call a replenishing or a refilling of the earth. All right, we're coming back into that cycle right now. We're coming back into the cycle because, pay attention, because the moon cycle has gone out and the sun cycle is coming in. The moon cycle is a symbol of the night or the shadow hour. And the sun cycle is, is a symbol of the day. We moved into the sun cycle because as the galaxy makes a complete circle, it's called an equinox. And the planet gets closer and further away from the sun at different times in its motion. During the period of time that the sun and the planet are close to each other, those are periods referred to as the, the solo era. And when it gets farther away from it, you know, it makes it, yeah, but it's an egg-like shape, right? When it gets further away, that is the moon cycle. That's why moon is synonymous with night and sun is synonymous with day. What is happening is every certain amount of thousands of years, it happens, right? We're getting ready to come back into the sun cycle. We already started into it a while back when it, what the devil referred to as the Aquarian Age. In that period of time, the sun gets closer to the planet. And a very strange thing happens, right? Yeah. The people who cannot live under the sun only have one alternative. What is it? No. They must go back to the cage. Oh, okay. They can't stay on the surface. Yeah, okay. You follow that? Mm -hmm. So what's happening now amongst the so-called Europeans, the reason why they're building underground tunnels across Europe, the reason why they're taking all the stores off the streets and turning them into malls, the reason why they're putting the cinemas or movies, as you call them, inside malls and hospitals and everything or underground communications because he's coming into an era time that before in the Holy Quran, as you call it, so the guys speak about a period of time when they went into the caves and they don't even know how long they were in the cave sleeping. They were sleepers in the cage. That means that was the other cycle when the sun cycle on the other side came in. Then it goes into a moon, and then it comes into a sun again, then back to the moon. It's two moon cycles and two sun cycles that complete that complete equinox. All right? We're at a period of time now where the sun cycle has come in, the ozone layer is moving, there's a greenhouse effect, the planet is warming up, and the European people have to get off the surface of the planet. They have to go underground. And they're trying to build everything. First they tried to go out. They found out that life existed on Mars, but they couldn't exist there because of certain ammonia that, that they would make it impossible for them to survive. So now they're back to building underground. They linked up Europe. They had to get a one-world system so that all Europeans would be in tune because those that are not in tune will die. So all we have to do, and people, when I speak about the end of the devil's rule or reign in 6,000 years, all we have to do is wait. You're looking for some phenomena other than what's taking place. In the books of Malachi, they call him the son 
of justice. They translate it as righteous, but it's a son, and they use the word Shemesh. They don't use the word son like Ben, son, S-O-N. They use the word S-U-N, and they speak about the son of justice bringing out the fire upon earth, right? That marks a period of time near the end of the world when the son itself is going to become the means of justice. And that justice is a confirmation of a prophecy that was made to us that when the devil comes out to harm us, fire would rain out of heaven upon them and consume them. Follow that? And that's happening to them right now. But we're looking for matches to be struck and flames. That's only one kind of fire. If you remember the hell book that I've written, I said there's a variety of different kind of fires. Is it a is it a gas fire? Is it a, a carbon fire? Is it, you know, there's different kinds of fires. The sun in itself, Ra, is a form of fire. You follow that? They call it Aman Ra because Aman means trusted. You follow? Aman Ra means trusted. And it makes mention in the book of Revelations in the third chapter in the 14th verse about El Aman, the trusted or faithful in the truth. When I say faithful, I mean that I've made a promise with you and you are faithful to that promise. You follow that? Yeah. So Amun-Ra has to hold faithful to his promise to us uh-huh. as people of the sun. Okay. When I say Amun-Ra, people think right back to idol worship in Egypt, right? And I'm talking about Ra means to see. Yeah. And it's the same thing, like I explained many times, that Hagar used when she went in the wilderness. She said El-Roy, which was enough for saying I'm El-Ra. She didn't say Amun because Amun was a certain people that she didn't belong to. It's another story. All right, so the promise is being fulfilled for us that the time for the devil is ending. The fire is pouring down out of the sky. Uh-huh. It's, happening now. it's happening to them right now. Yeah. It's giving them skin cancer. Uh-huh. Each year they're told you can't go to the beaches. They love beaches. Beaches are a symbol of nudity to them. Mm-hmm. And the word nude is short for Nod, the land of Nod. Okay. In Hebrew, we don't say Nod. We say nude. Mm-hmm. Now they're pushing for nudity beaches. And it's amazing because they're pushing for nudity beaches, but they can't go to the beach. So they must be pushing for nudity beaches for you and I. Because it says, oh, children of Adam, don't let the devil seduce you and take off your clothes. So he can't be making nudity beaches for Europeans, but they can't go to the beach no more. They're telling them, stay off the beaches. Where they're not getting burnt, they're poisoned in the water. There's fires all across the country, floods all across the country. All this is done by the Illuminati. They're trying to destroy the surface of the planet so that we will have to go underground with them. You understand that? They're at a point now where well, we don't they have to go. Do I mean, we're not going to go. It depends. It depends on if <laughs> well, you. It depends on if you're prepared or not. Okay. You've got to be prepared because regardless of how close the sun becomes to the planet Earth, it will not have any effect on us. I mean, but do we have to prepare ourselves just as individuals? No, we have to prepare ourselves as a body. That is our problem. We keep on breaking up into individuals Uh and divided. We have no power. We're the only people that's disunited amongst ourselves. We get broken down all the way down into Jehovah Witnesses and Seventh-day Adventists and Sunni Muslims and Ansars. We're broken up into all kind of little stupid splinter groups. There's Egyptologists over here. Dr. Ben is on this side and Clark is on this side and... And Siraj Wahaj is over here, and Muhammad Al-Amin is in Al-Amin, and Farrakhan is over here, and Wurfdi is over here. And that's just in the Islamic world. Then when you get into the Hebrew world, you got Ben Amin, Kata, Yahweh Ben Yahweh over here, Rabbi Jeremiah over here, Rabbi Matthews over here. And that's in the black so-called Jewish section. Then when you get into Christianity, you got Seventh-day Adventists, Pentecostals, Pentecostals, Protestants, Baptists, Lutherans, Catholics. And all of this has been set up to divide us in mind. 
Because the power of us coming together mentally can affect the world. Those things that keep us divided in mind, right? Because of this day and time. The devil's time is at its expiration date. It's fulfilling its prophecy. It's 6,000 years is coming to an end. Now, what he has to do is get off of the surface of the planet. If you would just be patient, he'll have to leave. He can't reverse the greenhouse effect. He cannot push the sun away. He cannot reverse the destruction of the ozone layer. He can't stop that. It's not bothering you. He's convincing you that it's bothering you. <laughs> He's trying to tell you, you better not go to the beach, because if you go to the beach, you're going to catch skin cancer. What's wrong with you? You was born on the beach. <laughs> what do you think Ethiopia is? What do you think Sudan is? 130, 110, 115 degrees all year round. You follow that? So we are waiting. I am waiting for the sun. I raise my hands to Amun Ra and say, come closer to the earth. Because the closer he gets, the faster he gets, the quicker they have to go underground. And what they're trying to do now is they're trying to destroy the surface of the planet. So they're poisoning the water so we'll have no fish. They're burning all the forests so all the livestock is gone. They've corrupted all the farmland. And then they are destroying all the countries that oppose them where we might take refuge. You follow that? All the Middle East is being wiped out. All of Sudan, Ethiopia, Somali. Don't fall for that Somali lift. That Somali lift was a result of the fact that they looked on television and saw them camps in Russia, and they saw them Amorites starving over there, so they had to get food over there. And one day, it took them to close all them camps in Russia and bring food, and because the public's eye was on it, they sent a couple of bags of... Being Ethiopia sort of looked like a balance for the, for the UN. Actually, they're not least concerned. Part of the plot is to destroy all of what's called Africa, Africa, either by age, famine, you follow diseases, they're gonna wipe it out because they have to go like the Quran taught back in the cage. You follow that? They have no choice. They build these high rises in these condominiums. All of the so-called Europeans who live on the southern part of this country are now moving north. So they're going to eventually leave out of South Africa? They have to. They have to leave out of South Africa, but it's going to be in a, such a bad state, there's nothing we can do with it anyway. They gave the land to these Amorites. They didn't have to. They could have taken it, and they didn't have to leave Nelson Mandela in jail for 26 years. So they wanted him in there until they lobotomized him and used him as a tool. But let me get back to where we at. People ask me all the time about South Africa. I'm not in South Africa. We're right here, and we got problems. And we better get straight. We better start worrying about what's happening with us here. We're running out of time, and they're making more demands. The reason why you see them trying to renovate your neighborhoods and buy up your neighborhoods is because they have to get out of the South. You understand that? They got to leave Georgia. They got to leave Florida. They got to leave South Carolina, and they don't have to live from an upper part of North Carolina up where the weather is controllable until they can go underground. So now you drive all up in these mountains and all you see is Florida plates and all old, old Jews walking around up here because they're trying to find places up here, up in Canada. That's their refuge. So as many times as they try to put a community in Canada, they couldn't get it established. We have a problem with Syracuse, Buffalo, all up there. And it dawned on me because we have to get out of here and go south. Why do we have to go south, and why do we have to go to an area south where it's open and not mountainous? Because that's where he can't come. He cannot chase you where he cannot go. You follow that? So as long as we're up in a mountain area, 
he can come up here. Mm-hmm. But when we get down in an area where it's flat and open plains and the temperatures range in the hundreds, we don't have to worry about him coming down there because as the sun gets closer, he will not be able to survive. It would be suicide for him to pursue us in an environment where nature is fighting against him. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. This is the day and time we are now for the people to say, why are we leaving Mount Zion and going south? Because we're passing him on the road. Yeah. <laughs> that, and let the fools come this way, and we'll go that way where he can't come. But we're going to have to learn how to survive down there. Yeah. Because you forgot how to be sun people. And that's one of the main reasons why I said stop the perms and the jerry curls and all that crap. Because you can't afford it and you won't have access to it. Uh-huh. Do you follow what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And I, and I didn't say go back to Afro, because Afro described one hairstyle. <laughs> one hairstyle. And I, I heard somebody say just yesterday, if they were to bring that hairstyle up to today, instead of us being called Afro-Americans, we would have to be called Jerry Curl Americans, or Extension Americans, or, or Perm or Americans, because Afro is just a hairstyle, and the word Afro don't apply to us. We are not Africans. And I say that to say nobody is African. There is no such thing as an African. The word African means Africa, to divide us up into pieces. We are Ethiopians, we are Egyptians, we are Kushites, Hamites, Shemites, we are not Africans. You follow that? We have broken up into families, became known as Ashante, we became known as Medingans, we, came with, we got set up with Igbo, we became many different names. But when you get past all those tribal names and get down to it, we are Shemites and not Semites. They're, they could be semi. They could be Semites. We're Shemites. You follow? So we have to prepare ourselves for this hour of time. And the sun is on our side. Nature is on the side. But he is destroying the planet intentionally with all kind of earthquakes. And right now, if you look on the news, there's fires in Florida, there's fires in California. There's fire. He's burning up all the forests. When you burn the forests, you're chasing the animals. If he's burning the forests down there, which direction is he chasing the animals? If he's poisoning all the waters on the seacoast of Florida, where is he chasing all the fish? Now, why would he chase the fish and the animals up here? Huh? Because he's going to be living up here. <laughs> so the best way for me to chase you is to light a fire. I light a fire on this side, I can guarantee that whatever's on that side is going to run in that direction. So if you monitor them fires, them fires start off the coast of Florida and they're moving all up. Now they're talking about South Carolina, all on the coast of South Carolina. They can't get inland. So what you do is go inland. Stay off the coast. You follow that? And all the animals will run inland and north. And there you'll set up your colonies for survival. You follow that? Who is the plant and food and stuff like that? Or starve. <laughs> One or the other. Won't be no AMP. Won't be no AMP, right? Not like that. You know, that the word Ahad, right? Ahad and Ahada is the same as Ahad. Right? And Tawheed, but see, Tawheed is a created word. The reason why I say it's a created word because it's used in Islam, and Islam claims to come out of the Quran. Correct? That when Muhammad received the Quran, that's when they formulated the system of Islamic teaching, and they corrected this divine language in which this scripture was sent down. You follow me? However, the name Tawheed is nowhere in the Quran. 
which meant that after the Quran was completed, then men looked in the Quran when it was setting up grammars and stuff and created words from words. So in Arabic language, yeah, Tawheed is a word, but it's not a Quranic word. It's a word that they've made from the word Wahid. You follow? Yeah. I'd like to ask a question. The importance of coming into the tabernacle, those that want to come in, and were rejected because of medical reasons. I don't, I don't, I'm not speaking about contagious diseases. What happens to those people? I can't speak for those people because that's the day and time we're in. We're in a strange day and time. And that is that we have evoluted ourselves from pure mental, right? We had a perfect ether and a bashan. We have, we have evoluted into some new being. And I don't mean new being. I mean some new kind of being that's not in tune with the original self. You know, we're radical, we're unpredictable, we think a lot like the enemy. Yeah. We're self-destructive, we're uncooperative, and up in the most, we're disagreeable. So we have subject ourselves to a lot of stuff that has changed us. So it's hard to look in the eyes of a Nubian person and know what you're looking at now. You follow? Um, Yashalom. Shalom. I'm a part of the Christi Coptic Hebrews, and we wrote you several letters, and we, had a, we didn't hear any response, but we read in your bulletin what you did right, and we'd like to know, well, why didn't we hear any response to you first? So many people are trying to match what I'm teaching, not necessarily you, and oftentimes they really would like to know what they're talking about, but they don't. You know, they say, I'm fluent and I'm hot, and they make a statement like, Hala Salafi means this. And I look and say, that's not what it means in Amharic. It might mean something in modern translation that is eat with Ethiopia today, but that's not what it means in ancient Giza. Or they'll say in the scripture, this person is this, and that's not who that person is. They're reading English translations or Amharic translations from English. Don't understand, the devil has ran way up ahead of y'all in, in the early 19th century, the 1910, 11, and 12, and started translating all the scriptures into French out of a, a land in French called Bukhara and then translated from that into Arabic. So the Arabic Bibles you got are originally translated from French, not from the original. The Amharic Bibles you're getting are not from, and Hala Selassie and people like himself were sellouts to Ethiopia. They were not for Ethiopia. He was a sellout. He was a Christian, a Coptic Christian. You cannot be a Christian and be of the pure seed of the house of Judah. You can only be of the pure seed of the house of Judah. And you can read it. If you read the book of the prophet, who they call him a prophet, they call say Nubia in Hebrew, and it means a prophesier as opposed to a divine, which is a prophet, and it's called Melachi. Melachi means in Hebrew, my angel. They say messenger, so they don't want to translate that. If you read that, you'll see how they address false Kohan. They call them false priests, people who are perverting the law, who don't keep the sacrifices, and don't know how to do this, and don't know how to do that. It's only four chapters, but it's the last of the 12. They have, they have the 12 of the 21 in the, in the Tanakh. 12 of the 21, which is supposed to be the 12 minor prophets. And the 12 minor prophets, they are there to explain to us where errors went wrong. And the last one, the most powerful, is Melech. And he predicts all the future events. Certain people would love for, uh, let's say, Elijah Muhammad to be Elijah. Other people would love for Hale Selassie to be the Lion of Judah. There just wasn't it. They never did anything that rendered them it. Their congregations are desperate for a person to hug, so they create a aura around a person that I met Hala Selassie personally. Right? He, he doesn't see, he never saw himself as Jesus. And of course, we could say after that, well, of course, Jesus would say he's not Jesus. Then if we say, 
you know, if I say to you, are you Jesus? And you say no. I say, okay, only Jesus would say he's not Jesus. Then I say, well, okay, then you know, I am Jesus. Then you say, I told you, he's Jesus. Halifaxi never subscribed to Jesus. Halifaxi educated his friends. He was not a direct descendant from Solomon. And if he was a direct descendant of Solomon, which I'm pointing out in that bulletin, it's still not good enough for us because they, his father and him both married Hittite women. They married the cursed seed of the canon, of which Abraham, who is our father, and the shield falls under Abraham, not David. That's another thing I've read. They mentioned the shield of David. Morgan David is not Morgan Abraham. If you look in the 15th chapter in the first verse, Barashit, where they refer to as Genesis, the shield is Abraham's shield. That is the star we wear. The shield of, it's called Morgan Abraham. And he said, the Lord said, I am your shield, Abraham. They're following a different star, interlocked star, which is a symbol of Satan. It has nothing to do with the star that we're following. So what it is, is I addressed it like I read the pamphlets, I looked at them, I saw this from our books in it, I saw information that was wrong on Hala Selassie, so I said, I'm writing a book about Hala Selassie anyway. Not so much about Hala Selassie as the character, but as one of the characters in our Ethiopian life because we are the original Ethiopian people. Sudanese are Ethiopians, whether they want to accept it or not. And Ethiopians are Kushites, and Kushites all come under Ham and Shem, right, which are the sons of Nach. So what I did is I addressed it subtly, instead of openly like I usually do. What I usually do when someone writes me and says, you're wrong, you think you know what you're talking about, then I usually go, so you want to play games? And I write a whole book about them. <laughs> That's my way of saying, don't play with me. I'm not the same thing you are. I'm not some person who just pops up with a little information, you know, and, going to, and trying to get a congregation. I, I say that to the five percenters. I say that to Farrakhan. I say that to the Sunni Muslims. This is a different level of information that we're coming from. And so what happened is I addressed it subtly the same way I did when the Sunnis first wrote about me. I put out a couple of little leaflets, and then I said, you understand what I can do, and I left it alone. And then they came back with a cult book, and I said, okay, so you want to fight. I don't want to fight because this is going to be Kushite on Kushite, but being you want to play, let's dance. And, you know what I'm saying? I'm, but the time I wasted, you know, researching the Quran and showing them their errors, I could have spent raising the nation. And I, mean, I got sidetracked because I was on a Jesus Christ mission at the time, writing a series of books about how, who is Jesus' father. And I was you know, trying to get that spell of the ghost, the gospel, the ghost spell out of our heads. And I got sidetracked by my own people. And I got there. When I got there, I met the five percenters. And then I got sidetracked by the five percenters. And I'm like, back on mainstream. And I said, is this another? And I got this stuff. I said, I'm going to be sidetrack. I'm going to have to stand here and badger more my own people. So I just laughed. I said, let me just write about it. Right? And left it on. I have a whole book on Ethiopia and the history of the line of descendancy of Judah, where they went, who they are. Documented facts, not hypothetics. Shua was a land. He was not from Shua. He migrated to Shua. He was raised in a Gorah, another whole province in Ethiopia. Moved there, and the land was established by a descendant, and it wasn't Menelik. It's a whole big thing that they play games with people. When he went to Jamaica, for instance, he didn't even he didn't respect the Rastafarians. He was very disrespectful. Other flies, he did not acknowledge their presence at all. He visited the temple because he was forced to. But he didn't respect them. In Ethiopia, he was overthrowing the country. He brought Christianity in Ethiopia. The man who ruled Ethiopia before him was a Muslim. But he was not a Muslim. They say Muslim, and they try to make it sound like he was an Arab Muslim. He was not. He was a Sudanese Muslim who believed in the Torah and lived like we do as Islamic Hebrews. But they, they eliminated him to put Hala Selassie in so that they could bring Christianity in. And I'll tell you why. 
because they're trying to find the Ark of the Covenant. This is what they want to get their hands on. They made a movie about it. Raiders of the Lost Ark, because they know the power of the cherubim that El Elo Yahweh channels. He controls both Elohims, the Elohims that are good and the Elohims that are bad, which they don't say good and bad in Hebrew. We use the word tov and ra, which is agreeable and disagreeable, those disagreeable and agreeable Elohims. And the disagreeable ones are the ones that have the wings symbolic, right? They protect the Ark of the Covenant that we as Ben Yisrael, when he says Ben Yisrael, you're including Ishmaelites. Ishmaelites, Muslims may think they're in another religion, but they're nothing but a 5% branch off from Israel. We are Ishmaelites. We are Midianites. We are just, we are Jacob's sons, but Esau is also us, so the Edomites are us, but they laid their mountains to waste because they maliciously went out and married Hittites. Maliciously, Yitzhak or Esau went out to marry Hittite women to get even because he lost the blessing. There's no such word as birthright in the Torah. It's not in there. The word is blessing, the word is buroka, and it means the blessing. And that blessing was money. This is what the problem was. It wasn't about nothing spiritual. It was about money. And when Jacob got the money, Yitzhak was mad and went back to his father and said, could you give me a little money? <laughs> That's the Hebrew understanding from Aramic. But in the Christian Bible, you're going to get lost because they don't know what they're talking about. Never. Yes, so that's, that's why we came here. Yes. We came here because so, I want to get together with you and put out some stuff to lot of the Rastafarians because I, I bear witness to your doctrine and society. So it wasn't a matter of we trying to fight off your doctrine. Trying to work together. But trying to hook up because um, some of the same things you're talking about now about <coughs> Ethiopia, about the sun, and, and even etymology. The nine ether. Yeah, nine ether, number nine also we've been saying for a long time. Wapo, you know about the Wapo and all those? Yeah, yeah. Those are the ancient scientists. I heard a tape about the um, Beni Elohim, uh, um, the Elohim. You are, you are Elohim, believe it. Mm -hmm. And the Elohim that sits here are both good and bad, or simply agreeable and disagreeable. That's us. You know what I'm saying? And he is L. L is the Elohim is the plural of it. You see that? L, Elohim. You are. That's why Yeshua said, is it not written in your law? I, he was saying, but notice he said, is it not written in your law? Because he was taking him back to Tiflin. The Tiflin is called, what you refer to as the Psalms. The Psalms. And what they would do, let me just want to finish, they would sing a song. The whole congregation would sing. And this will also address this young lady's question. They would sing the song of praise, and at the end of the song, they would say, Salat. They, so that's true, but they'd say Salat. Salat in Hebrew is said, Salih. Sad, Lam, Lamet, and Hay. That's the Salih you see. That's like in Muslim saying, coming to Salat. Salat, Sad, Lamb, Alif, Tamabuta in Hebrew is Sad. <laughs> you follow that? Lemon and Hay. You ever notice that at the end of certain prayers? It says Sad, which meant now it's time to get up to pray. And when they got up and prayed, they raised their hand towards the sky. You can see this amongst the Falashians today, Havashia. Raise their hands towards the sky like you'll find on the walls in Mitzrayim, in Egypt. We raise our hands. What we did in ancient Egypt and what we did in Ethiopia and what we did in Sudan was the same. We didn't start looking down at fire until we got infiltrated by pale arrows. And they taught us to stop looking towards rock and start looking down at the ground. Everything 
Listen to this. Everything that you know of that is healthy grows this way. Grows toward the sun. Not this way. You understand what I'm saying? So they, this was a major, a major plot to remove one spell, Christianity, and reinstill another spell, Islamic. And it wasn't the real Muslim teachers. Because the real Muslim teachers, they held their hands up. Somewhere along the line, people got in and they institutionalized Salat. And I said, let's go back to the Quran for what it's worth, Al Quran, and look and see in it what he says. And eliminate all the things that we're doing that he does not say. And when you do that, you eliminate looking down because it's not in there. There's no place in the Quran where it says, put your hands on your heart and put your face down. My descendants did it. And they passed it on to me. And in your birth, you, it was passed on to you. You follow that? So that was step one. Right? Now we're moving on further to no longer worshiping, but becoming that which was worshipped. I put it clearer. And I'm not saying, L, don't fool yourself unless you can create a gnat. All right, and if you get until you get to that level, I'm just saying. We, but we have to become who we really are, and that makes us responsible for the universe, because that's what we were created to be, caretakers. Do you hear me? And somewhere along the line, something got removed from us. It got removed in Genesis. If you look at the fourth chapter and the 26th verse, you'll see where it says, "And the Almighty gave." Adam and Eve, another son, to replace the other one, like and in the image and after the likeness of Adam. This son, Seth, was not in the image and after the likeness of Elohim, the angelic beings responsible for the replenishing of earth. Read it again. There's in the image and after the likeness of Adam. What state was Adam in in the fourth chapter, which is after the third chapter? Was he in a positive state or had he sinned? You see that? So Seth's seed, meaning most of you, right, were descendants from, like Adam, who had sinned. Now I talk simple, plain common sense. When you take a little baby, okay, whether it's black, white, or purple, do you have to teach that baby evil, or do they naturally take from other kids? Are they naturally possessors? You follow that? You realize that when your baby is hugging you and mooring on your hand and you're fascinated and what the baby's really trying to do is eat you? <laughs> do you know that? You think that when your baby's mooring on your hand, that's cute. Your baby is really trying to eat you. It doesn't know that you're not food. A baby will reject you and you can say, here's a cookie and a baby will come. That's a certain part of our nature. That same nature that got, took us to the tree. Adam's seed was not good. Howard's seed was good. You follow that? Adam's name, originally, Adam's name, not Adam. Adam's name, because it said, and called their name Adama. The word Adama means of the dust of the ground. But in that same Torah, they give you the name of Adam and Eve when they say male and female created he them and call their names Adam. Now what is the name then? When they use the word male, the same thing happens in El's Quran. They say, Zakar wa Antar. We created you male and female. Zakar wa Antar. However, the word Zakar, Zakara, has nothing to do with being a male or female agenda. It has to do with the word 
to remember, zikr. You follow that? In the Torah, it says, male and female created he, them, and called their names Adam. Zakar wa nakibu was their names. When you trace the nakibu back to ancient Aramic, it means leadership and out front in power. And Nakibu was the female, not the male. Then Zachar was Adam's name. Adam doesn't mean that's his name. Adam means of the ground, a earth being, as opposed to a Elohim being. There was Elohim of heaven and Elohims on earth, physical ones and spiritual ones. If you want to see it, again, in the book of Malachi, right in the fourth chapter of it, they call them the Almighty God. Before all, they say Godly. And if you trip back to your Aramic, you see they have in there Elohim al-Bashar. Right? Elohim in the flesh. Now, so you had Adam's seed, who's an Elohim, and you have Nakibu, who you call Hawa. And the reason why they call her Hawa or Haya, because it meant wind. You follow that? It meant the breath, the nachas, that breathed into a person. And the reason why they say that woman comes out of man is because man decides the gender of the child. Whether it's an XY chromosome, not that somebody snap nobody's rib, rip their chest open, that's not what's in there. You're talking about a replenishing of the world, not a creation of the world. Adam and Eve were not the first people on the planet for us. You understand that? I'll give you some simple reasons why. One is, we, we use a basic biblical concept. We have Cain, Abel, Adam, and Eve. Is that the basic Christian concept? How many people was that? Four people. Cain kills Abel. He eliminates one of the people. How many people are left? Who are these people? Right? Adam, Eve, and Cain. Three people, right? Now, when the Almighty addresses Cain concerning the killing of his brother, Cain cried that his penalty is greater than he could bear, right? And then he said he put a mark on him, right? A birthmark, exactly what it is, a birthmark on him. That what? What was what was Cain afraid of? Tell me. Anybody what? Cain was afraid that if anybody finding him will kill him. Could you tell me who was going to find him if there's only three people on the planet? Who was he afraid of if there was nobody else on the planet but him, his mother and father? It wasn't his father he was worrying about. It wasn't his mother he was worried about. There must have been other people on the planet that he was worried about that would kill him. And when he left that land and went into the land of Nud, Nod, he encountered other people. There, it was already there, Nephilians. Then again, they say, the man should leave his mother and his father and cling unto his wife, and they should become one flesh. Correct? If these are the first people on the planet, who was that law for before it was said to them? It didn't say you are to leave your mother and father. It said a man is if the law was already set. A man is to leave his mother and leave his father and cling unto his wife and there to become one flesh. If that law was set, who was it set for if there was nobody there and nobody else got married? 
You follow? And why is the word refill or replenish? Because in Hebrew or Aramic, the word is barra. They don't use the word halakha. Yes, there is a Hebrew word halakha, meaning creation, and it talks about the original creation that took place billions of years ago. But Adam and Eve, 49,000 years ago, was a recreation of barra. And look it up in Hebrew. You see right there, barra. And that means to remake, to remodel, or to rebuild, not to create. We will continue following this brief intermission. Have you ever wondered why so many Nubians or black people seem to aid the devil in destroying us? Have you ever wondered why they sell the drugs and they pull the trickers? And the black cop may beat you worse than a white cop. And the black leader maid will chase you down while the white leader maid may let you go. Or the minister would lie and say anything. Have you ever wondered why this is so easy to them? Then you must read a book called Are There Black Devils? For in the midst of us, living with us, marrying us, teaching us, preaching to us, are black devils who were here before the creation, the gravitation of the pale devil. Read the book, Are There Black Devils? A must for anyone who wants to know the truth. It's available at your nearest Tents of Abraham. To order, write to the Tents of Abraham, Post Office Box 50547, Atlanta, Georgia, 30302. about the breastplate in Revelation chapter 21 verses 18 to 20. Read where the priest wore the breastplate. This is not merely a piece of jewelry or an ornament. This is a sacred relic. Read in Exodus chapter 28 verse 15. For you are the original priest of the ancient house of Israel. Wear your breastplate. It's a talisman against evil. In 14 karat gold, for male, $475, female, $275. To order, write to The Tents of Abraham, Post Office Box, 50547, Atlanta, Georgia, 30302. Now we will continue with Rabboni Yeshua Bar Al-Hadi on Mount Zion.
And what was taking place then? The planet had got so corrupted amongst the Elohim. And when you look up Elohim or heavenly host, you see that they say heavenly host for Elohim, for angelic beings. You follow that? So if the Elohim were beings who came to this planet from somewhere else, I'm saying somewhere else so I don't get distracted by UFO conversation, <laughs> right? Came to this planet from somewhere else, and they lived on this planet, and they called them giants. It's, in, it's right in the Bible. Giants were in the earth in those days, right? And Adam and Eve encountered living and dealing with these beings. These people must have had laws. Adam or Eve, one of them had to be living by those laws to know the Lord. Who was he talking to? Adam or Eve, when he spoke about that. A man, the law is that a man should talk to Adam. You'd like to believe that Adam was a good person. Adam was seven feet because he was an Nephilim and an Achite. His family had mixed in. They were part of the people called Path. Path are the original people of the planet Earth, Pygmies. Two people existed at the time that you identified. One lived over near the two rivers called Nile, or Nile, and others lived over near the two rivers called Tigris and Euphrates. You understand? And both of these rivers were fed from the Mediterranean. The only difference is when you look at the map today, you have a problem. You're trying to figure out how the water ran down the Nile this way and up the Euphrates this way. Correct? It ran through Greece and down through Babylon. How? Because it was before the planet was tilted off its axis. See, your planet has now been tilted on a 23-degree axis. So where Tigris would have been here, and then now it would have ran there, down above, beneath the Mediterranean, now it's sitting like this, so it looks like it's impossible. So when you go to a map, you can't see those four rivers that's flowing down, and you get confused. But if you go back to before the planet got tilted off its axis, you'll see how the... You follow? So this part is on the eastern end of the garden, obviously. And where would that be at? That's in the Persian Gulf. That's in an area called Or, which means flames in Aramaic or Hebrew. Or means flames. The city of Nod was in the midst of the flames. And what is flames called? What do you know flames as? As hell. You understand? Flames is hell. And there is where the giants, the wicked beings, live. And it's said in, when you get to Barashit in the sixth chapter, that the sons of God, the first ones, those are not positive Elohim. Those are negative Elohim, disagreeable. They took the daughters of men. You see the difference? The second time it says they went in unto. But the first time it says they took. That means they left. Euphrates area and went over into Egypt where we lived at the pygmies you follow that? We, were, that's, we didn't stand over four feet at the time and the giants who came down stood over seven feet the normal height of a man whether you like it or not is five foot six inches I'm not five foot six so that's <laughs> don't think I'm saying it because it's me it's a perfect balance between the Elohim on that side and the Elohim on that side because we created him in our image. And if they're seven feet and they're four feet, the middle image would be five, six. <laughs> you follow? Sure, 
So now these wicked beings left their land and went over into Egypt called Mithraim, today called Gen, back then, Garden, and took women from all that they chose. You follow that? And that family that they chose that ended up on their side is where Adam, who was a descendant from the original people, that's why when you see the picture of Adam, he has wavy hair. He doesn't have nine ether. He has eight ether. There's nine, eight, seven, and six ether in our hair. Another question that comes up. How did Nepebo or Eve become light-skinned? Yeah. <laughs> That's because you want to convince yourself because you're dark-skinned that the first people were dark-skinned. Very convenient. But genetically, that's just not true, because two dark-skinned people can give birth to a brown-skinned person. It'll stay within a certain color range from Latino all the way down. When you get to the point where the skin is ghost-like, it's non-ether, it's ghost-like, it's transparent, then you've bred out of the Ethiopian people, the nine ether. Adam's family were Pathites. Of, of, that's the same path you read about in ancient Egypt, right, who influenced Amun-Ra, mixed in, was kidnapped, taken over there to live in that land. Thus, Abraham's family is born out of all Chaldean, not being born in Ethiopia where they belonged. And Adam himself was a mixture. He was a giant. He was seven feet tall to the original Pathites of ancient Egypt. You understand? So he was influenced by good or bad. Or what should we say, agreeable or... He was influenced by a disagreeable people. Did, did Nahas, Nahas is a Torah word for the whisperer. There's no word serpent in there. It's Nahas. One of his names is Fabun. That's one of his ancient names. It means a snake. His real name is Samuel. Samuel, that was his name. But who did he go to? Huh? He went to Eve. He did not go to Adam. Why didn't the devil go to Adam? Oh, he's already there. <laughs> he knew Adam. He knew Adam. <laughs> uh, right? Shouldn't it have been that he should have went to Adam and let Adam influence Eve as opposed to going to Eve and letting Eve know? Because Eve was of the original Pathites of ancient Ethiopia and was good. Adam's family had been living over at the Euphrates and had become influenced by evil. So the whole purpose of the breeding, or as the Honorable Elijah Muhammad spoke about, the graftation and the black and the brown seed, which is how and Adam, <laughs> was to breed the evil out of us and make us back into the image of the Elohim so you'd have contact like you used to directly with the universe through the dog star. You heard the dog star before? What is it called? Osiris. What is it called in Mithraim? Anubis. The jackal, the dog. You understand? The god of death. The god of life. That's our representation of black jackal to them. The worship, I'm alright, when he's worshiping God, and God, like I said before many times, in dyslexia, his dog, he's talking about the God, Anubis of ancient Egypt, which represented us. You understand? 
Not the jackal of the cave that he encountered when he had to go into the cave when the last sun cycle came through and the moon cycle went out. He was asking, why did Canaan go up into the cave? Because the sun cycle came in and the people of Nuwapu, the sun people come to power. And the night people, and let me give you some names for it. Dracula. When you look in the New Testament, as it's called, in their Greek translations, the word for serpent is drag with a K, eon. Drag eon. And they say dragon. The name Dracula is from a German origin, and it's Drachion. <laughs> Dracula is a symbol of a being that cannot stay under the sun. He roams by night, and he needs fresh blood because he is a hemophiliac. A hemophiliac is a being that lacks hemoglobin in the blood and does not have the power to produce clotting factors. You with me? Dracula wears a long black cloak, symbol of the night. Dracula has to go into a sarcophagus or a sepulcher or a coffin in modern day. In ancient times, there were no coffins. People were put inside caves. And he has to have the natural soil under it. You follow that? Mm-hmm. So they're uniting Europe. And they build underground tunnels in Europe. Does anybody know about all the underground tunnels that's being built in Europe? Dracula is aware that the sun cycle is coming in. So evening and morning is passing for a seventh day. Meaning we had the 6,000 years. And let's read it the way you see it. We had a 6,000-year period, correct? Now, after 6,000 comes in, so if his time is up in the year 2000, which is the year 6,000 from canon, that ends another day. And how does the scripture usually say? Evening and morning was the... Now let's go into the seventh day, because everybody desisted on the last seventh day. (coughs) And they called it Shabbat. Right? Now, we're coming into the seventh day, a new horizon. The sun is getting closer to the planet. Dracula has to get back in his coffin, (laughs) or the sun will burn him up. It's just called, in modern day, skin cancer. (laughs) Nubian people, stop wrestling with the devil. You already have the blessing. All you have to do is wait. All you have to do is be a suburb. <laughs> Patience. Doc, with all the things happening today, why is it that Nubians aren't responding and not realizing that the end of the world is near? With all the doctrine that's coming out and all the different things that you're doing little by little, you know, you have an effect on the people in a big way. And standing, and you just got to be ready for it. Unfortunately, a lot of Nubians are not into computers like we are. And um, they don't even know about the Hellbox. They don't even know, they don't know about the Hellbox, right? Comics. Right? A lot of you don't know about the Hellbox comics yet. 
That's why I got, what I did is I got a copy of the tape so they can hear the Amorites tell them about a craft like, like, like entity that ha seems like it's alive, yet not alive, that's four times the size of Earth that they just discovered. And NASA has confirmed that it's there next to a meteorite that came into existence from years ago called Heba. And it's on the tape and they're called Heba. And they're actually talking about this this new craft thing, and they tell you it's coming towards us, and it's intelligently controlled, and it's coming to get a group of people. And they say on the tape that these group of people that they're coming to get are people that are involved in its, in its advanced studies. And, 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 no, they literally say it on the tape, and say they're out to teach people. Did anybody hear it yet? Y'all picked it up, right? Dropping the car on the way back home. And listen to it. In the end of it, the guy says, uh, in the beginning of it, in fact, he says, um, uh, I'd like to thank um, Dr. So-and-so, something Malachi. That's not me now, right? It's somebody who uses the name Malachi. Most of them don't pronounce the name Malachi. They pronounce the name Malachi. Right? So it's a slip of tongue. And when you say Malachi, that means they, they're letting us know where it's over. But they cannot deny. And we have the, we went into the computer and um, internet and they showed us the comet. They had pictures of the comet in there, and um, it's good to know it's there. They noticed, they noticed it's Nibiru, and they literally say on the tape, uh, Zachariah Sitchin refers to this as Nibiru. Next um, came into us was, um, I tried to fax it to as many people as I can. I don't know if you got the skull. Right, y'all get the skull? The skull of a dinacle, the twice the chromium twice the size. And right after that, about two days later, they sent us the skull of a hero, a cone. Because everybody, when we said the cone is the real, people thought we were chopping off Saturday Night Live. Of course, they don't know that everything the Amorite does, he, he puts the intelligence in front of you so he won't believe it. But they got actual skulls. And we're getting more information coming constantly because now that people know through the internet that we're the source of this information, they feel free sending us stuff. Amorites, everybody, I got clipping. I got like 10 stories on how Jesus was married to Mary Magdalene. You heard somebody, had, y'all read that one? Had children, our kids moved, you know, was protected by the, you know, whom, etc. All these stories are coming out. They had a whole thing on television the other night on um, Discovery or one of them, where they talk about, you know, the, you know, the um, graves of skulls, the graves of skulls under Old Jerusalem. Well, they have a place called the Grave of Skulls under Old Jerusalem for those who don't know, where they have all the skeletons of all the uh, popes and all of that. And this is, that's that place where they say that um, Freemasons go when they reach a certain degree. Believe me, I know. And they go to Jerusalem and they go beneath Old Jerusalem and they see the body of Jesus. And uh, they've taken the body of Muhammad out of the 18th century out of Medina. That's when they rebuilt Medina. The mosque in the north. And they, when they did that there, what actually happened is the Shriners took the body of Muhammad out of that, which they had preserved. And his body is also in the, under there. And, and only uh, people of a certain degree of Freemasonry are allowed to see it. It's a confirmation. Actually, they're not looking at Jesus' body. They're looking at Bar Jesus' body. Because in there also, in a the, in the higher degree, they tell you that Jesus went to Egypt and he died there at 120. But Jesus' son, why he was the one that was killed in the streets of Jerusalem, body transport to the Vatican in Rome, where they simulated the crucifixion of him there, kept his body there for a certain amount of years, and then 
tonight the Templar went there and got it and bought it and put it in there. They have a special chamber where they keep things sacred. They also, I don't know if some of y'all remember years ago, I said under the sink there's some documents. Years ago I told y'all about that. They're trying to get up under the sink to get to these documents. They found out the sink is the symbol, was a symbol of, in the, in the astrological chart of the ancient Egyptians, you know, as the, uh, the era of Leo. The lion, that's what it's supposed to symbolize, and has something to do with the Mars project and the, what they refer to as the Adama project. This is that one Adam, right? And so they are unmasking because we should never say they discovered anything. They don't discover, they uncover, they uncover things that we bury, right? So a new word, just a new one for you, right? <laughs> they don't discover anything. Anyway, they're starting to uncover a lot of the things that's going to confirm everything that you have put trust in me in is going to become confirmed for you in front of your own eyes. And not that you need it. I know some of y'all would follow me here that day. And I appreciate that. Right? But I'm just saying it is good for those who come to your class with the skeptic. And I didn't say skeptic. I said skeptic. They come skipping around <laughs> looking for some type of evidence to what appears to be a science fiction movie when you start kicking the doctrine on them. I know deep in your heart, as much as you may have loved me and I you, when you had to go out and teach what I was teaching you, it was difficult. You say, oh, guy really from another planet. And he had 19 spirits talking to him. And, and you know, never mind, we'll pick this up later. <laughs> Let's talk, about, let's talk about something that appears more sensible. But the confirmation of who and what I am is confirming itself. And that's the best I can ask for from my brother, beyond the stars, that they give me just a little help. Because to come here, you know, to incarnate into this individual body and try to convey this message to people that have been so television, so subliminally, Sedated. I mean, they removed the essence of the nine from you and implanted the six, the lower side of the circle. It's such a hard job just to get you to not listen to the wrong music. You think you're saying something cool when you say, I like um, such and such a music. You don't understand nothing about music. So you all are familiar with the 800 megahertz frequencies that are coming through the air now. You're familiar with that. You do? You do? No, you're not. Okay, well, I thought I talked about it. You know, each one of the human beings have in their brain, they're called magnetic particles. That's the best term that they can come up with them. One day, of course, I'll give you the real name, but let's let them play with it for a while. Magnetic particles. You have nine magnetic particles in your brain. All right? These magnetic particles can be affected by wavelengths, by frequencies, higher and lower. Now, the cellular phones are all set at 800 megahertz. And that brain of yours was 900 megahertz. You follow that? And it dropped down. When Honorable Agamemnon was speaking about the brain capacity of an Amorite being less than that of a Nubian, they were talking about that frequency response, your ability to respond to sound. All right? Of course, as you know, microwave also is moving on a sound. I, I can explain that a couple of years ago, how microwaves cook food by sound, which means that they're able to cue in and deaden 
some of those magnetic particles. A lot of Nubians, instead of walking around in nine ethers, and the nine ethers yawn ahead, come out in the nine ether state of activated nine magnetic particles, they have dropped down to four, three, two, and when you see a brother who's totally delirious, unable to coagulate words, he is about down to one, and some just go vegetate out. And what they have to do is they give you all types of drugs so that it drops your body down to what's referred to as an alpha wavelength, which is one step from dead. And that way you'll stay what they refer to as monotone. Monotheos, monotone. Mono will keep you dead, right? And so they are now capable of sending these frequencies out. They are putting these stations along the road. I know as y'all cross the country, if you look up, you see this thing on a tall pole, and it's shaped like a tetrahedron, and it has little things on all three sides. Just look for them, and, and you'll see them. Well, right now the government has 24 different satellites aligned to the planet around the planet. All right? And he has 24,000 of these receivers and senders situated across the country. He is able to tune in to your radio via frequency. It's called frequency response. This unit that I picked up, that I, that I bought here, and clicked on is a unit that's making it possible for everybody on Kadesh to turn to a certain station on the radio and they can hear me talking without any wire. Which means I'm sending controlled frequencies to the air. You follow that? Once I understand, once I understand the human and that his brain waves are between 900 and 700, you follow? Seven and a half ounce of brain, you know that? 900 and 700 on megahertz, I can send out certain types of frequencies. I can also lock these frequencies into music because when they started doing this, they did it in a place called uh, Wackenhut Naval Base. This investigation to find out that's where they started at. And the reason why they refer to it as the Harp Project, if you heard of that, out of Alaska is because a harp, of course, is an instrument. And they know that by strumming a harp, you can get different response. Years ago, a lot of people used to come to me and ask me, how do they line their body up? And I would tell them, what they had to do is go to a keyboard and um, take middle C and find the two eighths of octave find the octave between middle C from one to the next, of course, you know, it's eight notes. And I said, you go up and down the keyboard until you find that note that soothes your body. And then you'll know what key you're vibrating on. You know what vibration works with your body. The uh, Buddha or the Tibetans, they know about this. And so they have learned how to to make their throat make three sounds simultaneously. And they chant like that. Constantly. And they got this going on right now while we're sitting here. 
Meanwhile, the practitioners of the faith start off, Om Manabinum, Om Manabinum, Om Manabinum, Om Manabinum. And they're on another frequency while the priests are pulling. See, sound is a strange thing. If Deke is making a certain sound, and I do another sound, a half step up, or a whole step up, and I do a, a, let's say he does a one, and I do a three, and he does a five, we create what's called harmony. You follow that? As you know, none of the groups are singing in harmony no more. They have this new kind of harmony called unitary and harmony. They think they're singing in harmony because two or three of them are singing the same note and it's partially unison in part harmony and none of the kids have it no more because they had to stop that because that vibrates three bones up here in the sinus that connect to the tetrahedron that the nose creates which opens the eye of the seer, the third eye. They know what frequencies we move on. They know our emotional state. They click them on and off at different times. For instance, Sunday morning, they have it on a very low frequency, and people feel it's Sunday, even when they're not Christian. They have it where, well, it's Sunday, it's kind of calm. When it comes to about 8 o'clock Sunday, they start to speed up the, 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 the oscillation Right? And I'm going to get the oscillators in a minute. Speed up the oscillation valve inside the frequency. You get the response and get higher pitch and people become more hyper. And Sunday people start speeding faster because they're trying to get them prepared for Monday. What has happened is they know that our body moves on a different frequency. We spawn differently than theirs does. Obviously. Because most Caucasian singers sing in high natural voices. Most Nubian singers sing in low voices, or they were forced to emulate the Amorites and use what's referred to as a falsetto or a placement, but not a natural high voice. Very few Nubian singers have a natural high voice, unless they go out their way to, like Field or a couple of other, who want to be Amorites, go out their way to sound like Amorites. They're already programmed, they've already got inside his head when he had that accident and alter this frequency. They can also alter your frequency response. Let me tell you what I mean by that so you can better understand. Um, years ago, I tried to teach this, but people wasn't as ready then as they are now. It's simple, not uncomplicated. It's the period of time that music took to change. From the time you came in from Africa, when everything was based on drums and chants, right? And you had a kalimba, you follow that? And you had a marimba, and then as it moves into the Latino world, and you had the kunga, and etc etc you know the, the instruments i'm talking about that apply to us as a people all right now eventually our music went into blues of course blues was a result of the fact that the amorite gave us the blues he took everything from us beat us up robbed us raped us castrated us and we became quite depressed as a result our music which is our emotion became depressed. In due time, that blues changed into rock and roll for people who had cars <laughs> and R&B for those who didn't. 
The reason why they call it rock and roll is because little Caucasian kids with combs in their back pocket and grease in their hair and bucks on used to drive around with their car radios on and rock while they rode. Most Nubians couldn't afford a car, so ours was based on rhythm and blues. All that was done standing one place dancing. And the blues was mixed in depression, now with rhythm, and we called it up-tempo. Beat up the tempo a little bit. And there we got rhythm and blues. All right, I'm right, of course, want to do rhythm and blues the same way a lot of Negroes want to try to do heavy metal and rock. It won't work. Hootie and the Blowfish, it won't work long. He was just put out there to destroy the fact that they had no Caucasians that came up with any good hits this year, and they needed a Negro who's a Caucasian to take all the awards, that's all. All right, so as that happened, he started squeezing us, namely the men, to get us to start singing in high voices come commenced around the 60s. And that produced Delphonics, Blue Magic, Stylistics, Black Ivory, Shy Light, Name some order. Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. Temptations had, but they had uh, Melbourne. A lot of the hit records were based on um, Alim is his real name. Eddie Kendrick was his um, other name, right? And he was a false setter. This was done intentionally to get us to love high-pitched sounds. You follow? Because that's the only way we can get a hit record is to sing the way they want. And so Blue Magic and everybody, we all screaming our voices out trying to sound like white people with white men sing naturally in a high voice, you know, which is self-explanatory, right? But um, they managed to control our minds then. While we were in these clubs, you know, clubs are used for one thing, gathering people or hitting people in the head with, and when you went to a club, both things were happening to you. They were gathering you and clubbing you in the head, right? Okay. So we were gathering these clubs, and this is before disco creeped in, and we started dancing. The best thing we could go back to was our Latin roots. You follow that? So we grabbed the Latin, and we started going to the Palladium, and dancing to the Allegro All-Stars, and uh, Tito Puente, Pacheco, and we was in it. And he saw that the Latin population was becoming one with the Negro population, and that really frightened him, that we realized that we're the same family. So he tried to split us, but as a split occurred, instead of us going totally away, we started hustling. You know what hustle means, right? Moving fast, jumping around that clown. So we started hustling. And then what he did is he staged an invasion of America by a group called Devo. And they came in with a sound, Trans Europe Express. Had no body language, the group stood there in plastic hats and black eyes and no motion and just was saying over and over again, trans, Europe, express, that's all he said. Trans, Europe, express. And we were, and everybody was looking at them, what they were doing is they were introducing the Moog synthesizer. One of the first, first synthesizers to come in and take out analog sound to bring in digital, to take out acoustic sound and bring in the synthetic instrument. By acoustic sound, I mean, when you see a person pick up a guitar with natural strings, not even the metal strings even, the catgut strings, with a wood body, and they're playing that sound with no metal and no wires and no amplification, that's uh, acoustic. When you see a guy pick up a guitar that's all plastic and stick a wire, and go, <laughs> uh, 
That's the first stages of digital, though a lot of times the original amplifiers were still analog. Analog means work by tubes. Tesla's baby. All right, digital crossed out. All right, so they brought in this group called Devo, and they came in to remove the soul. We moved gradually out the hustle into what was called the bus stop. It was a form of destroying us. Amorites took the hustle because what happened is the gay population liked the hustle because it had a lot of body flair to it. It was very much like voguing. Everything was spinning and throwing their hands up. So this was a way for a guy to get his sugar out of his shoes without the public. Right? He could consider himself a good hustler. Right? And then from that, he could move over and become a good disco dancer. So the guys that you knew that were very good dancers in the discotheque were usually had a little sugar in their shoes. And they had it working, they had it working together, they knew what they were doing, all right? And then after they did that, they started slowly but surely introducing their music to our children. Now, how they do that? They remove all of the real instruments. 99% of the music that you hear on the radio or record or tape or CD today is synthetic. The, the violins are fake. The bass is fake, the drums are fake. It's all in drum machines. No more human element. Without the human element, there's really no emotion. And I don't care whether they tell you, you know, when I sample, I put my emotions in. You put your emotions in the first three licks, and then when you push that continuation button and it goes on by itself, there's no more emotion regardless of what you say. You follow? This is all part of the plan for mind control. The heart project relates to the rainbow project. Because where there's sound, there's light. And when sound vibrates, different frequencies give off different colors of light. When you look up and see a rainbow, and you see the seven colors of the rainbow, if, you would, if they could tap a wire into the violet, you'd get a certain frequency that would give you a certain tone. They knew that. I'm saying that they, they knew that they had to destroy the root of nine ether, not the hair. They had to get down beneath the hair. The hair grows out of the root, and that's connected to the protein in the body. That's the, the essence of you. They had to get down inside to destroy that before they could destroy the God in you and turn you from a man to a beast, which they have. In most cases, if you look at the media today, it's even in doing. People have transformed into beasts. You are afraid when you walk through a mall. And you are the Nubians. And you're afraid of your own people, because that's how dangerous they are scared of you. Don't tell me that every place you go, if you come across a bunch of Nubians, you're never afraid. Even if you're afraid for what you might have to do to one of them niggas, it's still fair. Because you don't feel like having to hurt nobody, and you definitely don't want to get hurt but they have done something. There's definitely a transformation that's taken place. So what happened is they eased into the recording studio and made something that was exclusively controlled by record companies a public fad. Get your own recording studio, your own drum machine, your own everything, put in your basement, and do your own mix in the sound to make your own record. They eliminated all of the acoustics, pianos. They even made what they referred to as an electric acoustic piano by Yamaha. And I said it as Yamaha and not Yamaha because the Arabs are also a part of it. And if you look at the Leviathan, 
cover, you'll see I have arrows on there too. Because they have been working with the devil way back, and I put it in the Vietnam book where you see each one of the Saudi Arabian kings sitting with a different president. This has not been one sympathizer. This goes all the way back to the Sultan himself, who you can find in the first page of the cover of Noble Ali's book, and made reference to several times in the Nation of Islam teaching. They also, I might add, make the mistake for that new information of giving Muhammad two identities in the Nation of Islam teaching. One Muhammad in the message to the black man is referred to as a black Arab. They say he was of the black Arab nation. That is the message to the black man. Another set of teachings say, says that Muhammad was a Caucasian and that the wise men came together and told him how he could not convert his people and he died as a result of a broken heart. That is two different Muhammads. One is Muhammad the conqueror of Palestine, which is clear in the lesson when it says that the devil helped us take Palestine. The prophet Muhammad of 1400 years ago, the black Arab, had nothing to do with Palestine ever. He never had any dealings with Caucasians in his whole life. There's no place ever recorded of Rasulullah Muhammad ever having anything to do with Caucasians. They mention him in the Quran under the term Rome, a surah named Rome. But that's it. They mention it in Surah Taha as on the, uh, I think it's 2102, on the day the trumpet is blown, we shall gather together the guilty blue-eyed. Now, of course, the Arabs, in their latest translation out of Saudi Arabia, which I have, the latest Quran has blue eyes. Before it was Blair, Blairy, Zurkan means blue. Zurkan, everybody knows he's blue. But that's just fine, man. You don't care. The point is that to set that record straight, Honorable Elijah Muhammad was not making uh, a mistake in reference to Muhammad being white in one place and black in the next. No, contrary. It was two different Muhammads. Muhammad the conqueror was the one that's talking about in the one that's 14 in the class. That's not Rasulullah they're talking about, of taking devil's head. Prophet Muhammad never killed an Amorite in his life because he never came in contact with Amorites. However, Muhammad the conqueror called the great prophet Muhammad by the Europeans. He did kill Amorites. And he was brokenhearted insofar as Salahuddin, defender of the faith, went into the courts of King Richard, revived him, lived with him when he was wounded. Remember, he almost struck down with a lance, brought him back to life and could not convert him. And wasn't able to convert the invading Christians who came to Jerusalem. The Muslims there could not convert those Christians because they did not realize they were dealing with the rose and the cross. A certain degree of Knights of Templars he makes it who know more than Islam. And so he was brokenhearted for that. You got that part of the chapter? All right? So now, getting back to the situation at hand. So here in the world of North America, we were now in the club getting banged upside the head with this new music that had only a bottom and a top called disco. We broke away from it, and in came sympathetic instruments, and they rushed into the population, access 
to all types of machines, drum machines, keyboards, keyboards that play by themselves, pre-coded keyboards, just push the button and the music play, you know, everything to keep you on a synthetic wavelength. Why? To get back to the point, to try to damage the nine magnetic particles in the brain. You are King Kong in this story. Want the story? King Kong is a giant gorilla with supernatural strength. He was a god while he was in Africa. The reason why they call him King Kong is because Congo is Central Africa. And he's implying everybody in Africa, the Congo. The king is under the spell. In his homeland in Africa, he's worshipped by his own people. Every night, he would come to their town or their village, where he had, and had a big fence built up against him. Wouldn't he? And he would, they would have offerings of young virgins for him. And he would come to the town, and they would put the virgins up there, and that would appease him, and he would go about his business. And he lived like that. It was all right. Everybody was happy. Some Canaanites came along, stumbled into their village, and it came evening, and they had to start running and closing the gates, if you remember. Remember that? And they got scared. They said, what's going on? They said, close the gates. Wabumba, Kong was coming. They was doing Wabumba, you know, stuff that they play. And in time, there were these large, boom, boom, steps. And they saw King Kong, the first thing that came to their mind is how to get King Kong back to America on stage so they can make the money out of it. So what they did is they lured him with a white woman. Because he was used to that. So the Africans said, if we give him her, he might not want to come back at all. See the blame question? So King Kong kidnaps the white woman runs off into the woods, thus starts the episode of the Hammerites going throughout Africa to get the king, the giant, and bring them to America. Eventually, they sedate King Kong while he is trying to have a sexual relationship with this white woman. And they inject him, sedate him, tie him down, put him on a ship, and Bail him to the passage over to America. When he gets to America, they present him before the public, chained down, and all these Amorites are in a party having a good time. That's you. Chained down mentally while the Amorites have a good time. He'll let you in the party, but you're going to be the clown there. So moving on, it was about the music for one of the kids. All right, let's get back to where we that. So what they did is they removed those instruments that vibrate with our chemistry. And now, every Negro got some synthetic instrument in his basement. He's pushing little Casios and Panasonics and all fake. All removing the essence. Back to the point. The Rainbow Project, which is sending out these wavelengths that is called mind control, started back there with who? Rainbow Project. Who's Rainbow? Phoenix Rainbow. Phoenix Rainbow. Now, Phoenix Rainbow. Just who's a part of what? Phoenix. Rainbow. Bellic. Remember? 
time machine, Philadelphia Experiment? Well, the Philadelphia Experiment was initially intended for the sole purpose of creating invisibility for radar, which they already had called the stuff. You understand? When they got into it, the mathematician who got involved in it found out that also they can interfere with the brain because of what they refer to as zero time reference. That if all five or six of y'all went through a time loop here, when you came back, Abdul Bice would be affected one way, you'd be affected another, she another, she another, and him another. They found that out. They realized that time has something to do with now. That time in the future has already happened, and time in the past is still happening. I think I told you all about that years ago. I said, if a person's adrenaline is a high point when they die, it will stamp in now. And they will reiterate that incident. And this is why people sometimes think they're driving along and they see a ghost run across the road. And they've calibrated that they come back to that same spot every year or sometimes every 10 years, depending on how we're aligned, that that same thing will happen over and over again. A lot of hauntings, as they call them, they make clear that this is a haunted house. What happens? A woman walks along that staircase every night at 12 o'clock on the dock. And so people come in, they set up monitors, and lo and behold, it's a disembodied soul, an exoplasm, an ethereal, an essence that is trapped in now. They can't get out of now. Now keeps happening over and over. The event was so traumatizing that they can't get out of it. It's happening all the time. It's called lost souls, trapped souls, trapped in limbo. They've got terms for days about it. It happens already in your mind if you don't think it's possible. And I'll tell you when it has happened. There are incidents in your life where regardless of what you're doing, you'll flash back to a certain corner where events took place. If you had friends or somebody hung out on one spot and it could have been 20, 30 years ago, you can flash back to that. Or you can flash back to an incident in a concert where you were having a good time. Or you can flash back to falling off a bike or whatever. But you have these things that have, are called now already taking place in your mind and you are away from it sometimes 10, 15, and 20 years. Everybody here, has had one of those events stamped in their mind. And that event reoccurs periodically. But what keeps you from being trapped in the now of that event is that the body is dying forwardly. Because when you were born, you started dying. You hear me? And you were dying because your cells were dying. You must expire. That's why they call it expiring. Expiration. You must expire before you can become totally ethereal again. But the events that take place while you are expiring, they stamp themselves in now. Like, go back to not the Savior's Day, but the last Savior's Day. And remember an event 
and when you remember the event, you are reliving right now. So now is, now is the all. The all is not moving forward with you, and the all is not left in the past with you. Everything that takes place has a purpose or it won't. Light, for instance. Light was a necessity to exist within a certain period of time in the all. Light didn't begin with the all, because if light began with the all, then the all would be light. God, Allah, Om, Be'os, Hashem, Adonai, Yahweh, Elohim, all of them are events in the all appropriated for specific time zones. When they needed to be. That is why I said to you years ago, before you believed in Allah, He didn't exist. Before you knew of Allah, He didn't exist. Because all that really exists to you is you right now. And when you're talking to a Negro, and they're talking about what's going to happen, you tell them that's not important. What's important, what's important, what's moving on, is right now. And how much time I waste talking to you and what I benefit or lose while talking to you. Because whenever you come in contact with any two people, I mean, or any two people come in contact with each other, one is gaining and one is losing. If you give something to somebody, I don't care what they ask you, they're still just another human being, you've lost. If they give something to you, you've gained. How do you utilize now? If you come out here and you talk to me, I give you something that you take with you forever. It's like saying, see that puddle over there? Don't fall. So now when you leave me and as you encounter people in each event of now in your life, you come to find out things I say become important at the moment. Meaning someone starts a conversation and you say, that's interesting. Pop was just talking about that. Bam, you're right on. Because I need that now. <laughs> you know they want to alter our now. Because we have a new zero time reference. We are altering time. For all intents and purposes, it all should be over. But it has just begun. All of my beloved brothers who preceded me, all of them, the messenger, Prophet Elijah Muhammad, the prophet, Noble Juali, the seer, Marcus Garvey, all of them were leading up to now, where we can start time from here. Yes, absolutely. Yes. I was on 20th Keith. They elaborate more on the, uh, the, the 
I think you said E1 plus E2 equals the light of the sun. Can you elaborate? Yes. Um, when you say E1, E2, and I know you like that subject because I watch your classes. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. I watch it. It's pretty good. Y'all guys are doing pretty good out there. Thank you. Um, when you say E1 and E2 equals the sun, like, basically all you're saying is hydrogen and helium. Right? H1 is really hydrogen. On the other side of it, there has to be an etheric light for the other sun, Utu, the etheric sun. You have the manifestation of a sun on this side, and then you have a manifestation of an etheric sun on the other side, an energy light. Let me tell you what happens with that. In the um, Islamic world, touching on the base, you have what's called the star and crescent. You follow that? And they say that it's a symbol of the universe. The light symbol is this and it's this and it's this. It's the illusion. It's the lie. It's the confusion symbol. The reason why I say that, I'm going back to the sun. That's what I'm going there. Is because when you see a crescent, you see that? And you put a star right here or right here from your side. You see that in the, in the crescent? I ask you, is that possible? Think before you answer, please. Don't be no, don't be no, don't, don't want to do it. You know what I mean? Want to know. Is it possible for the star to sit in a crescent? Why not? That's right. Because the crescent is a moon. And the whole moon is really there. You're just seeing a portion block. And stars are further away from us than the moon. So no star could get on this side of the moon without blocking it out. It's a symbol of deception. You follow? And identifies with the triple darkness on the other side of the ether. That there is a recognition of other suns. Now, on this side of the ether, you have H1 hydrogen. Right? Again. 554 million tons of hydrogen is changed into 550 million tons of helium each second on the sun. That means hydrogen combined to make helium 2 He. And as helium burns, it gives off more hydrogen. Someone has to make that sun. Someone has to create that formula. Because it could never reach the helium without some outside force bringing them together to start this tumbling process. So just like that sun on this side gives light warmth on the physical plane, on the other side, ether one and ether two produces the light of the sun on the spiritual side. And the process is ether one changes into ether 2, which gives off bad information that is then rejuvenated into good information and gives off pure light. Let me tell you what I mean by that. When the man comes along that can take bad information and make it good information, he is the son of righteousness. When the man comes along that can take the teachings of the nation of Islam, which has been corrupted information, and take that corrupted information and make it good information and healthy information for the people that's the son of righteousness.
when that man comes along that can take that Quran that has been tampered with and write the wrong in it, that's the son of righteousness. The same applies to the prophet. When a man comes along he can take the teachings of the messenger or the prophet, Noble Jolly, and change those bad teachings into good teachings for you, that's the son of righteousness. But the man can take dead soil and the sun can come out and grow fresh vegetables in it. When I can come here and take this earth, you people, and rejuvenate life in you and grow in you, I'm inside you like a plant and I'm blossoming in your brain. I'm turning you into pure light without you even realizing it. When that person comes, that person is called the son of righteousness. But the sad part about it, he can only come at the end, right before the great and dreadful day. Present represents the great and dreadful day. When the messenger of Allah Muhammad finished his mission, he had succeeded in turning the hearts of the fathers toward their sons. But the devil stepped in and disrupted that's why I was necessary. I was off in my cradle in Ansar. I was not involved in what they were doing. But when they corrupted what he was doing for them, then it was necessary for them to take and bring the Yahweh or the Lord into existence that I may as the Son of Righteousness turn all of this bad to good. You were falling off the cliff and you had to be caught. Meaning, you were fed up. You were being confused. You were being lied to. You were following along and you were seeing corruption in the mob. You were seeing corruption in the synagogue. You were seeing corruption in the church. They did not send a preacher. They did not send a religious man. I've been telling people for years, stop trying to judge me as a religious man so you can find fault in my character. I'm not a religious man, I am a teacher. Religious people don't work well with you. You need a teacher. Someone that will allow you to badger them just to give you the truth. Someone that will allow you to exercise all your egos at them just to give you the truth. You understand? So I incarnate here. So I can stand before you and in all that you have been given, in all that you have been taught, in all that you read, in all that you think you know, when you come before me, you have to humble yourself. Because so regardless of how far the land you think you are, you know I can humble you. And it is better to have one man humble you and you rule all other men than to argue with me and be ruled by all other men. You follow It's better to stand before me as a father and let me chastise you and get you right and you look good in the eyes of everybody else and stand out there looking like a fool. Because when you see a brother on the street now in a bow tie, you follow? You be saying, he just don't know. He just don't know. When you see a follower of Yahweh in Yahweh, you say, he just don't know. They have no idea. The biggest conversation y'all have in your travel to the day, people have no idea what's going on. Damn, what 
these people. They don't even know this world is coming down. They don't even know the successes are here. They don't know the independence, the movie independence is, is them telling them something. You know it, though. And that is the blessing. Many are called. And I stood up in 1970 and I yelled and I called and I said, many are called, but few are chosen. When they get to shifting it, all of them left. Some of them are back in the street niggas. Some of them think, oh, he's so slick. He's this, he's that. No, I'm the man that's consistent in facts. You see me as, because you don't judge me by religious eyes and said he's not a holy man, heard he does this, he sings music. I can do that. I can do all of that. I'm not your preacher. I ain't your imam. I told him in Brooklyn, don't call me imam. I'm not no imam. Okay, imam. I'm not a religious person. I am simply a teacher. A man coming to right the wrong. And my very presence and what I stand for and what I teach you is doing the job. A job nobody can. None of y'all can do that. And all those fools that left here, and all those that were fools that left here, all they can talk about is the teaching, not the teaching. They can talk about me and how much they don't like me and how I didn't do this and how I didn't do that. But one thing I always did was my job. Regardless of whether I neglected beauty, a book was still coming out for the whole of our people. You follow me? I have many people saying, you know, brother so-and-so misses you. I said, I don't remember who it is. He ceased to exist in my world. Because I have a job to do that's bigger than you. They don't understand a person with a mission. They don't understand your insanity about your mission. They want you to be a person. And I always tell them, if I was a person, I wouldn't be the person I am. <laughs> and you probably wouldn't want to talk to me. It's the person I am that makes you want to talk to me. And in being that person, I don't have time for you unless you are in my world. Unless you want to make this happen. Unless you want to help make this happen. Other than that, I don't have no time for you. And I'll give you enough time for you to see that I'm not there. I'm not playing. Oh, he's just this. You don't know me. I have died for you people thousands of times. My life has been on the line for you people thousands of times. You understand? I am the only one who would get up. Nobody else got up and talked about the world. And all you saw it. And put my to the man. And they said, I'm surprised they didn't kill him. You don't think I knew that? But guess what? My responsibility. Man, you translate your own Quran, man. I have to kill you. Guess what? I got a job to do. So then that's what's important to me. And the moment your life is less important to you than the job, you're going to see that everything in the universe works for you. As long as you got yourself out front, you want to party and have a good time and laugh and joke all the time, remember, you're going to be a failure. You start doing for others more than you do for yourself, and you're going to succeed. 
Stop putting yourself in front of everything. Put other people out. Give to other people. You know what I'm saying? And you're going to find that that power of love, that's the thing that controls me. People don't think because they don't know me. I don't express my love by, by, by sitting on my lap and patting I, I express my love by making sure that you have a place to sit. You follow? The deal is I'm going to tell you the truth regardless of how bitter it is to others. I don't care how mad the Muslims get, defend it. Defend it with truth, not with a weapon. Defend it with truth. If everything I'm saying about Farad is not true, then you produce the facts. You follow what I'm saying? If what I'm saying about Islam is not true, then produce a book and prove it. I put a book out 10 years ago, 360 questions asked the Muslim, they ain't answered it yet. All they're still trying to push is the Bilal filler book. What does it deal with? Me, the teacher. That's because they think I am like their minister, the religious guy. I'm not. I'm a person. Play Monopoly with me and I'll cheat if I can win. Just for the fun of it. And that's my way of telling you, don't make me the preacher. We play baseball, I cheated. Say he's cheating. Pops is cheating. And he was having fun. The fool was the one saying, Pops is cheating. That fool will later go off and slander. I watch the people on the internet ignore him. They can't ignore me. They're too interested in what I have to say on the internet. The room captain, whoever says ignore him, the people are still asking me questions. Well, you see it. They can't. I know that. You understand what I'm saying? I know they can't ignore me. They can't help. They're waiting for Sunday. They're waiting for me. Our room is so full that people are mad at us. Who is this Malachi person? The only thing is wrong is you people not coming and saying, that's God, and get them real mad to keep the conversation going. You instead of you so busy not saying, that's God right there. You know God is right there talking to you. Anything you want to know, he ain't God. Yes, he is God. He ain't God. How can a 5% say I'm not God and believe some wino in Harlem became God? Bonafide wino, ex-follower of Morris Science Temple, which is obvious by the symbol on the, of the 5%, the symbol of the 5% is a number of a circle, a seven, and a star and a crescent with NATO symbol behind it. That, that eight-pointed star is NATO symbol. And the circle and the seven is Noble Juali. Don't tell me Clarence was in the nation of Islam and never heard about Noble Juali. I'll call you a liar. 5% symbol is a Maury science symbol. 5% brag that they were sitting in top full of nuts when he said, I met the father. And we was drinking a cup of coffee. God Allah in person is drinking a cup of caffeine. But I can't be God. But a wino can be God. A half white man, half white and half black could be God, who ate pork, by the way. But for all they tell you, ate pork and then told him, don't eat this. He could be God or Allah, and I can't be God. Yeah, yeah. You got some yuppie on the cross with a 1960 hippie hairstyle called Jesus. He could be God and I can't be God. Who y'all fooling, man? 
and only one of all those gods that show and prove their God by their works is me. Ain't nobody touch all the scriptures. I ain't met a teacher yet. Ask a teacher why hasn't he translated the Quran for you himself, his way to support what he teaches. Even if they say he translated the Quran to support his teachings, say then why didn't your teacher support his teaching with his Quran? And why are you talking to why women? Now you ask the Hebrew, why didn't Yahweh then Yahweh translate the Torah instead of putting up some old phony book that looked like his own translation, some drawn sketches, and call it their Bible from the King James Version? And then turn to the Hebrew Israelites and say, why haven't Ben Ami Khara and then turn to the Israelite church and ask, why haven't Ermi? And keep on turning around and say, how come none of your Christian preachers ever took the time to translate the scripture so we could see what it says? Why that man? Where do you get the time to do all of this? Meanwhile, writing a hundred books a year, covering every subject that they ask. I write books based on what people ask you. As I listen, oh, you want to know about that? I'll tell you more than you want to know. I had one person say to me, how come I didn't go to a debate with Siraj Wahad? Do you know what, what happened to Siraj if you mentioned a debate with Imam Issa? You make that man nervous and sick. He'll start getting sick. <laughs> Ahmed Zidat then died, and that was their last hope for lying and messing stuff up. They cannot deal with us. Hey, <laughs> It says, not to put it in our language, right? <laughs> it says that there's a Nawapian who's us, and a Christian who's them camping together in the woods. And a bear comes. Correct? And as they get to running, from the bear, the bear takes chase, and they're running, and they're running. And the Nawapian looks over to the Christian and says, what are you going to do now? He says, I'm going to pray. You know what I'm saying? He says, well, what are you going to do, you know, because that bear is catching up with us. You follow? And Nawapian says, I don't have but one thing to worry about. The Christian says, what? Your religion? He said, no beating you in running. <laughs> you understand what I mean? That's the real deal. Right, you keep praying and I'll keep running. Your race is against the bear. My race is against you. <laughs> you, you try to outrun him. I'm just going to outrun you. And we'll see. <laughs> so long. نشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له الحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله الوالي الكريم وصلى الله على أنبياء أجمعين والمسيح والمحسي والمجدد لمن مرسلين أما بعد Are we not the bearers of witness that nothing would exist if Allah didn't create it and that he is alone and has no part and that all gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the sustainer of all the boundless universe all gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the generous eternal friend and send salutations of Allah on all of his prophets and his apostles and on the Messiah the anointed one and on the Mahdi the God and on the Mujahideh 
to be bombed, which was all set from a lot of time. We send greetings and we send peace throughout the boundless universe to all. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. The man of the hour, airing seven days a week at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on WGAG Radio. Concerning the ancient Egyptians in terms of the uh, in terms of their religious wisdom, and I was wondering how they came up with ideas such as the soul of a man being the life force, uh, one supreme eternal life energy being. Because the word Egypt today was not the original name. The word was Mizraim, which is word Muslim in Arabic. Mizraim, as you know, was one of the descendants of Noah from his son. Correct. Yes. And they brought the teachings that Noah had from before the ark over into Egypt. Nothing unusual. That's why the doctors say in ancient Egyptian book of the dead, we find story of creation and story of the flood. Yes. Read the Bible. You find out that Noah's descendants, Mizraim, his son, Mizraim, Cush, and Ham migrated into Africa from Asia. And Mizraim is Egypt. That's what it's called. Egypt is Mizraim in Hebrew. Okay? Mm-hmm. So it's not unusual for them to have the doctrine. They've always had the doctrine of monotheism there. It was the influence of other cultures that made them sell out. The same way the take their prisons. Take the Ethiopians now. Right? They're being converted from Coptic Christianity to Pentecostalism. Why? Because they're starving to death, and the Pentecostal will come in here and feed them. And food converts people when they're hungry. They come in with this food and medicine, and they just convert whole countries and histories with thousands of years of culture into the new Pentecostal church and have them almost worshiping Jimmy Swaggart. That's what they do. And that's what they did back in Egypt. The invasion of richer cultures when Egypt was going through its drought period and it's going to be going through another drought in the next five years. When it was going through its drought period, it caught them with their guard down. Different invasions of Hittites and other tribes influenced their culture. Okay, my next question is um, you said that you got the Sukhuf out of the, uh, one of the secret chambers at the bottom of the pyramid. Is that correct? No, it was given to me by a man named Mahmoud who got it from the pyramid. Yeah, I was incorrect. I'm sorry. You said the Sahuf was in the uh, sacred chamber of the pyramid when Noah's flood took place? Yeah. So my question is if that the Egyptians are the descendants of Noah, how were these pyramids built prior to the flood? So the pyramids were built by extraterrestrials. Okay. Not by men. Men assisted them. And they have found mummified extraterrestrials. They found them. You know, they did have them. It's nothing new. The British Museum has a lot of things that they don't even bring here. And the Canadian Museum has one also, by the way. So what was the purpose of the um, extraterrestrials building these pyramids? They were schools. The pyramids were schools of thought, where they taught. The masses met there. And those, all those pyramids are linked around the world. They're magnetic centers. Each permit creates a magnetic force field to charge ships that pass over, which we all refer to as a flying force, we call tropic fire. Right? It's yeah. fire by it, charge. That's what the Bermuda Triangle is also a school. And it also has a permit of electricity to charge the ships. That's why they always find UFOs hovering over the permit or over the Bermuda Triangle or over large places where there's a lot of electricity to charge themselves. Did they teach men? Yes, they taught men. They taught Nubians. They taught Nubians. 
Yeah, they taught them eye operations and brain operations and things. They bothered their scientists about confessing existed in Egypt before they knew anything about it. They're saying, now we know that these Egyptians and these people in Africa were doing great surgeries and having tools to perform brain operations that we just got into this year. How'd they do it? Well, they were was, was taught by extraterrestrials who are far more advanced than mortals on Earth. Were they taught religious wisdom also? Religion in what respect? Because Al-Islam is more than just a religion, it's a way of life. Yes. In respect of um, the oneness of Allah? That's emphasized. That point is always emphasized. The elders are called the Elohim. So they had that knowledge prior to uh, Noah? Trillions of years before Noah. This planet is a planet of babies compared to extraterrestrials from other galaxies. No, I'm not talking about the extraterrestrials. I'm talking about the people that were taught by extraterrestrials. Oh, yeah. Yeah, before Noah. So there are actually two sources of the religious wisdom? Oh, they're all the same. Because Noah was visited by extraterrestrials. Okay. All right, I have a question on another subject concerning Canaan. Was Canaan born with a soul? Yes, he was. At what point did the white man lose their soul? Well, Canaan was not a white man. Canaan was a black man. He was albino. He was albina, we call him. Okay. They got up into the mountains, and they was born their soul because the, if you read the book, you find out that some of the 200 fallen angels came into Canaan's 11 sons, not Canaan. Mm -hmm. When his wife and him fell out conceived, their sons were possessed of demons. It was at that point that they were sold. Okay, thank you. My question is, if, if our purpose is to get back to the state where the Creator wants us, why are some brothers and sisters not being able to see the truth. Don't want to see it, don't want to hear it. Because the devil did a real good job. So the devil is the one who put the veil. Yeah, the devil has done a good job of, of making them want to be what he is. And he's a failure. Every one of his societies always looks rich, but it always fails. Rome, Greece, Mesopotamia. And this society here is beginning to fall apart. The imperial is falling apart now. Watch the news. So our people afraid as men to stand up on our own and build our own nation. We're just afraid to. We've been living under the white man so long that we feel comfortable under his arm. We're afraid to stand up on our own and go for it. And we can do it. So it's the white man that put the veil on, on, the, on the eyes so they won't see or hear the No, truth. Allah comes upon Allah, Allah, Allah will seal anybody's heart who seeks disbelief. If you want to find a reason not to be a Muslim, Allah will help you not be a Muslim. I see. If you want to look for a reason to say, I'm going to find fault in Ibrahim, he'll help you find fault. I'm going to find fault in the community, he'll help you find fault. If you say, I want to find righteousness in a person, he'll help you find righteousness. If you look at a person and say, I want to find good in that person, he'll help you find good. If you look at that person and say, I want to find wrong, he'll help you find wrong. You, you can do it. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, I have one question, and it's on a, a verse in a portion of the Quran where uh, Allah commands a people to be as apes. Can you give a, a definition or an explanation of that? This quote is talking to the children of Israel, and it says that because they violated the Sabbath, right, that they shall be as swine and apes. And that's because in ancient Israel, you remember Jesus, he used to cast demons into swine. You follow that? In ancient Israel, the symbol of the ape and the swine was always a symbol of something possessed by demonic things. And he was telling the children of Israel, because they violated, maliciously violated the Sabbath, they will be cast down to the level of swine and ape. And that was a curse that was placed on them, which manifested, that's like we were talking about earlier, in their curse of leprosy. See, people think the Sabbath started with Moses, and it did. The Sabbath is back in Genesis, when he says, and on the seventh day, Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, ceased from creation. 
He didn't stop and go to sleep like they say. He sleeps from creation and that evolution or things evolute into place. And that day, that seventh day, is the seventh thousand year of creation. We are only in the sixth thousand. On the sixth thousand years of the devil's rule of love. He got his curse before that. And he is like the swine and he's like the ape. That is him. Um, in regard to that previous question about on the quote Magnum Man and all those different um, types of so called um pre pre prehistoric. Right. Um how do you explain the different artifacts, you know, people that were found, like not people but you know I don't bother to. See the difference between me and most people is I don't bother to explain them because of the fact that I believe when what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran. So I'm not looking for a reason to believe what some white boy in 18th century named Darwin said. I'm not interested in what he said because I already believe in the Quran. Now, I've written a book about it and I've attacked the subject for those people who have a little bit of faith trying to strengthen their faith. Personally, I'm not the least concerned with their findings because I know the white man made the movie Raiders of the Lost Ark and inside the caves it looked real to me and you. I know he can make all kinds of things. He made the mummy movie and we can forget while watching it that we're watching the movie. And you personally have never seen any of them, personally. And if you did, you didn't have the knowledge, because he didn't approve of it, for you to be able to analyze them yourself. So all we have is his say-so, right? So the choice is between, do we listen to what this white guy in the 18th century says, or do we listen to the creator of the heaven and the earth? I prefer to listen to the creator of the heaven and the earth. So therefore, I don't even put myself in a position to analyze stones and rocks as our descendants because the Quran doesn't go that way. The Quran makes it clear that Allah created us. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? And when we start to probe, we're showing doubt in Allah. When we start saying, well, maybe it's true, then we have to confess we're not Muslims then. We're still not Muslims yet. Because when we become Muslims, we no longer question or doubt Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in any kind of way. And if he didn't say that, then it don't exist. He says he created man. So that's what it is. If Allah, that's how I look at him saying. Every man has his own right to look at it his own way. I look at it as Allah says it in the Quran, and that's what it is. Because I don't doubt the Quran. And the moment I start to question it, then I'm no longer Muslim. Because the Quran says, don't doubt it. Assalamu alaikum. I understand from reading some of Imam Easton's pamphlets that the Gospel of Barnabas was excluded from the Bible because it had too many truths in it, correct? And uh, the other day I bought this book from um, one of the brothers, this Gospel of Barnabas. And I read in here that. Um, before the day of judgment, there's going to be 15 days where there's a sign for each day. And afterwards, like after he explained that what was going to happen, he said on the 15th day that the 15th day the holy angels shall die and the law alone shall remain alive to whom be honor and glory. Is that true? In the book of Revelation, when they say we're going to wipe away the heavens and wipe away the earth, and bring in a new heaven and a new earth, correct? Mm -hmm. It also says, every man must taste death, and then he will return to us. You see that? Mm -hmm. Every angel and every man's light will go out, that the only light that shines on Yawmut Akhri is the light of Allah. And then those who will be rekindled with light will be by the leave of Allah. So the answer when they say the only angels will die is to say that the light of the angels will go out just like the light of the souls of every man will go out on the last day. And the only light that will shine will be the light of Allah. And then he will select those people that will come back to eternal life. Ah, so 
That's why they say wipe away the heavens and earth. When they say wipe away the heavens, they say, like it says in Genesis, and, and the host of them. When it says, and now the creation was finished, it's all the host of them. Uh -huh. Well, that angelic beings, when their creation was complete, and then the creation of man. Okay? So when the Lord says he's going to wipe away the heavens and the earth, all the angels and all men must bow. Everything must bow on the last day. Mm. I have another question, Art. Um, and also in the same book, I came across a couple of things that was confusing to me because I don't know. First, let me make it clear to you that that is not a copy of the real book of Banana. That is a poor translation, but a lot of it is they do have some facts in it. That which I can answer, I will. But we are taking it from the ancient Arabic and putting it in English slowly but surely. But there's so many books for one person to write. <laughs> you see, it takes a lot of time. I have a lot of people working with me, but I still have to proofread and research every individual thing. So I may put preference on a subject. I started doing the books of Barabbas. I have like four volumes out. Then other things, questions stirred my attention somewhere else because I tried to write books according to what you all need to know. Okay. So is it okay if I ask these other? By all means, but if it's something that is not, you know, not not translated properly, I'll just say it's not translated properly. Okay. Um, also in this book it says, if you don't mind me reading a little bit of it, uh, Jesus, peace and blessings of the lobby upon, was telling his disciples that the faithful, it says right here, but the faithful shall have comfort, because their torment shall have an end. And the disciples were afraid of hearing this and said, so then the faithful must go into hell. Then he went on to explain whereas that they would be in hell for a little while and that the message of Allah, which is Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, he's going to ask Allah this. He's going to say, then shall his messenger speak to Allah and say, Lord, my creator, remember the promise made to me thy servant concerning them that have received my faith, that they shall not abide forevermore in hell. And Allah shall answer, ask what thou wilt, O my friend, for I will give thee all that thou askest. Now, Muhammad will say, then shall the message of Allah say, O Lord, they are the faithful who have been in hell 72,000 years. Where, O Lord, is thy mercy? I pray thee, Lord, to free them from those bitter punishments. Is that true also? See, here's what you got to understand. When you read Genesis again of the Torah, you find out that you have sun, moon, and stars as signs of seasons and times. Correct? That is in the earth plane. That has to deal with earth. When you step outside of the earth realm, then you're not governed by the same time laws. You understand? You say, if a person says, I live 76 trillion years, the joke is, you don't know whether they mean 76 trillion years of your time. That's the first thing you say is, 76 trillion years by my time, 76 trillion years in an extraterrestrial world could be 30 years in your time. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because as you break the speed of light, time goes backwards. When you get outside of the Earth's atmosphere, the time system is totally different. The further you get away from your sun, when you go into other galaxies, like the galaxy I come from, where we have more than one sun, then our time system changes. You all have one hour per day, and we have three hours. Three simultaneously clocks going at the same time. Three sets of seasons going at the same time, depending on what galaxy you come from. You all always tend to base everything on yourself. Mm. Oh, all right, thank you. Um, I have another question, if I could ask, right? Like, I remember in one of your books you were saying when, uh, in the scrolls, when Allah commanded the angels to come down and from the clay make man. Now, I, I remember reading that the clay, well, the dirt, rather, the earth, like, asked the angels to desist from this purpose. 
Now, what I want to know is that being that we're made from that dirt, are we in, like, in sense or some kind of way crying out like he did in the beginning? Very interesting point. You know why? Because I've been trying to tell people for years that nature is your worst enemy. Your body tries to get sick. You understand that? Your body tries, you will, your body will pull you down the stairs if you're not careful. It will, your intellect will force you to step on the gas. Your soul yearns to be released from the prison of the bacteria of the body or the clay. And the clay is living cells of nature. That's what they speak about when they say that it, that it spoke towards the law. Every cell in your body is alive. Hmm. Nature is alive, grass is alive, soil is alive, all these things live. And these things are bacteria that are plaguing your soul. What do you think you feed? You think you feed your spirit? You feed your body. And you will eat bad food knowing that it is bad for your stomach. You will drink sodas knowing that it is bad for your system. You will smoke ganja, smoke marijuana, taking drugs knowing that it can kill you. You will do these things because Nature is man's worst enemy. Nature is not man's friend. Nature is constantly trying to return man to the earth. You understand? Mm. And that's where man makes a great mistake in thinking that nature's on his side. This is what makes you get up in a high place and that flash goes to your mind. I wonder how it would be to jump. But if I tried to push you off, I couldn't do it. Yeah. But the flash does come to your mind. You look around, you're driving your car, there's something that makes you say, ah, a little bit faster. You get there a little quicker. And mm, you start increasing in speed. You forget that you're driving a two-ton piece of steel and glass. And what would happen if you get into an accident? This is nature trying to end your life. So how do we, how do we fight against this? The too? thing is, it is not a part of you. Oh. If you want to see the real part of you, tomorrow morning, when you're washing your face in a mirror, stop and stare for a little while, and you'll begin to get this feeling that the real you is looking from the inside out at the body. Talk to yourself, and you'll make that distinct separation between you and the fake you. The real you is the soul, the fake you is the flesh. Stand in front of that mirror and look at your eyes, look at your nose, look at your mouth, look at your ears, look at your skin, look at the growth of your beard if you be a male, and stare, and stare, and eventually the question will come to you, which one is the real me? The one looking out or the one the one looking out is looking at? When you make that distinction between that soul and that body, then realize that if you did a scale, you do more for your body than you do for your soul. You're feeding your body, dressing your body, plucking your eyebrows, combing your hair, parting your mustache, you stand in the mirror, brushing your teeth, grinning and checking it, looking at little pieces of cabbage between your teeth. Everything is the body. What do you do for the soul? Someone comes on and says, pray five times a day. Wow, that's a whole lot of prayer. <laughs> yeah, eat seven, eight times a day. I mean, I watched the person try to, you know, the new bags of potato chips are made so you can't open them. You have to put it in your mouth and rip it with your teeth. You no longer can do it with your hand. You know that, right? Years ago, you take a bag of potato chips, you go rip and you open it up. Now they got this made out of this new kind of plastic that you can't even open. Correct? So you got to really fight to get to this bag of potato chips. You gotta, it really stirs the animal in you. All of it for the pleasures of yourself. But how much do you give to Allah? Subhanahu wa ta'ala. When a person says, can you pray 
five times a day for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? I work. I'm on my way. I, I go to school. In school, you make time for lunch. At work, you make time for lunch. But when it comes down to the worship of Allah, all of a sudden, you don't have the time. Mm. Can I yes. Can I, can I finish? Can I... People pray over their food even. Oh God, thank you for the food. And then take it and adulterate it with hot sauce and ketchup and peppers and all kind of stuff. First they thank it for the way it is, and then they add all the poison to it. That's nature trying to destroy you. Believe me. Yeah. So I want to know, like, like, do people actually, uh, like, talk to the devil inside of their chest? Do people actually do that? No, the we devil talks to them through inspiration in their chest. The devil is the one that makes you put that frown on your face because he convinces you that that will protect you from people. And we actually answer him back. Oh, you, well, you answer the devil in your actions by carrying out his desires. So, in the you know, let me tell you a story about men. Mm -hmm. I'll show you how the devil works. It's a good time to do it because summer's coming. There's three men standing on the corner and they're talking. They're holding a conversation. All right? They're supposed to be righteous men. They're standing here talking about the Quran or anything. And down the block, there's coming a girl. She has on tight pants. <laughs> These three men, watch their natures, how they change. Now, all of them see her coming from the right. One guy alters his position so he's facing her coming. And his conversation continues so he can look directly at her without pretending he's looking at her. You understand? That's one guy. The other guy, for season, alters the conversation about women so they all will look. The other guy waits for her to pass and says, just look at that film. So he can turn around and look. <laughs> you see, the devil, on the other hand, used all three of those men, three different ways. They all answered the devil's call. One of them was direct. He just turned and looked at her and then made like he wasn't looking. The other guy got everybody to look. The other guy made it look like it was such a disgusting thing to look at that he had to point it out so that everybody would see it. That's how the devil works. The devil just puts up signs and we read them. You follow? Yes. That's his job. The devil is not going to make you do anything. He'll put up the sign and you'll read it and follow. So that's why he's a master of commercials and advertisements. That's his thing. So in like manner, do like the, the seraphim or the good angels, people as yourself and others, can they speak to us too when we relate back to them? They do. And they're the ones that makes you see a white woman in distress and you step above your narrow mindedness as a black ex-slave and say I'm going to help her anyway because it's right to help her. Mm. Not because she's white, not because she's black, but because it's right to help somebody in distress as a Muslim, not because they're Christian, not because they're Jew, but because as Muslims we are Abdullah. We are servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and have an obligation to all of his creatures. That's when angels are speaking to you. But when you say I'm a black Muslim and I'm a white woman and I don't care if she suffers, then you're acting like the devil. You understand? Mm. And many people be who are righteous become the devil because they think they're so righteous until they start doing more to work for the devil than Allah. I'm so right and everybody's so wrong, I don't realize how wrong I really am. Many people deceive themselves into evil. 
So does that mean that we help? Uh, we help anybody that's in distress as Muslims. Oh. Uh, so do we help Satan because we part like keep the good angels from speaking to us every day? Do we actually help him fight them all for something, or how come they don't speak to us more? Because you don't open yourself to them more. Because you don't call on the citizens until you're laying in a hospital bed. Or until you're in a prison cell. Or until things are going wrong in your love affair. Or someone in your family dies. Etc, etc. And then you turn and raise your hands to heaven and say, why me? You don't ever hunger when you have a full stomach. But man, when it comes to worshiping Allah and adoration, should always be hungry. So if I hungered more at this present moment, I could actually feel those kind of things. The more you open yourself up to them, the more they'll come to you. There's angelic beings, extraterrestrials, waiting to make contact to guide you. They just ask you, all they ask you to do is stay on Sabeel Allah. Stay on the path of Allah. Stay on the path of righteousness. That we don't want to do. We want to shuffle and guide and step on and off the path at random. We want to pick them up when we need them and drop them when we don't. It doesn't work like that. It says, he who the Spirit descends upon and resides with him forever. You know him by that. You see that? Mm-hmm. When the Spirit descends, they want to stay with you. Not like Christianity, where people get the Holy Spirit while they're on church and they go home and curse everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, in Al-Islam, when the Aruch descends upon a man, it is supposed to reside with him eternally. He's supposed to stay in righteousness. Got to learn to live Islam. And, and we have an example. In Rasulullah Muhammad, we have his sunnah to follow. The way he did things, the way he walked, the way he talked, the way he practiced. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows he was the best of examples for us. He told us to dress a certain way. He told us to eat a certain way. He told us to pray a certain amount of times in a certain way. If we want that guidance, we have to do that. The same thing as if you want to become a doctor, you got to pass certain things. you got to study and pass certain things in school, right? If you don't do it, you won't become a doctor. You can walk around and call yourself a doctor. And there's a lot of people walking around calling themselves Muslims. If you're not wearing a veil, you're not a Muslim. If you're not wearing the sunnah of Rasulullah, you don't have a beard, and you're not doing, if you're not doing the things that Muhammad did, I don't care who you are, what country you say you're from, you're not Muslim. You have know You have to do what Al-Islam calls for to be Muslim. If you don't, you're not Muslim. Look how bad you feel. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, I was uh, reading a book, and it was uh, referring to light. And it said that light is invisible, but how, what we actually see is in terms of solid liquids and gases. And uh, I was just uh, trying to, you know, I was wondering if you could explain uh, something of that nature, because you were saying I wanted to taste that once you could see into the uh, etheric realm of existence, that there's beings that's all around us, but we don't have, uh, we haven't, you know, they have to incarnate for us because we're not able to incarnate them. And uh, I was just wondering if this is why, because... Just a minute, because you're overweighing yourself for no apparent reason whatsoever. <laughs> just turn the Holy Quran to the second chapter. The 255th verse, which is called Ayat al And in it, it tells you that you can't see light. Allah, la ilaha illa huwa al-hayu qiyum. 
Allah, nothing would exist, exist, if it wasn't for Him, the living power, the living strength. You understand? So the word exist means what? To be. That's right. Allah, la ilaha illahua, al-hayu qayyum. So life can be seen because life exists. And he separated this form of life from himself. So they're not talking about the type of life of Allah. We're talking about the life that Allah brought into existence. And if he brought it into existence, it is receivable. Okay? Assalamu alaikum. Uh, I would like to address this question to uh, Alina Misa. Now I would like to know why is it essential that one must move into the Nasara Allah community in order before the year 2000? Unfortunately, because the scripture says we have to, <laughs> because living together with people who have not been groomed to live together is a very difficult task. But in our scriptures, in the books of Revelation, chapter 11, it says, and they were given me a reed like unto a rod. And the angel stood saying, Rise and measure the Haikan, which is the word temple, of Allah, which is what they have, of course, God. And the altar. And what's the next one? And then that worship therein. What's the last two words? There, therein. You see that? Not outside. People say, well, the temple is in my heart. Yeah, but your heart is inside you. So that can't be saying that. As long as I'm a Muslim in my heart, that's what counts. It doesn't say that. It says, have yourself counted with those who are inside the temple. And what does it say about the court? The word court here in the language is dar. Dar means abode or place of dwelling or the place of dar you're in. And what does it say next? But the court, which is without the temple, those people who are outside of the temple, what about them? Leave out. And? Measure it not. Why? For it is given unto the Gentiles. And what does Jesus call the Gentiles? Snakes. Vipers. He told his disciples, don't teach the Gentiles. Don't number them with the righteous. That's why. Not because we like living together, that's for sure. Because we have a hard time. But because the scripture tells us we have to. Well, one of my questions is, why is black associated with the devil? Because the white man, as you know, spent a lot of time doing stuff like this. What's a devil dog? A brown piece of cake. What's devil food cake? Chocolate cake. What's angel cake? White cake. Why, what, what color suits do the bad guys wear? Black. What color suits do the good guys wear? White. What color suits do the doctors wear? White. What color suits should they wear when they get dirty? Black. I mean, <laughs> they spent a whole lot of time making black look bad, and that's all part of brainwashing of this Western world. And the first and most important thing is, watch this. Ready? Let's take a Chinaman, correct? The Chinese worship Buddha, right? What nationality is Buddha? The statue of the Buddha is what? Chinese, right? So the Chinese are worshiping a Chinaman. How about the Indian? Krishna. What's Krishna what? An Indian, right? The Indians are worshiping Indians. The Red Indians are worshiping Red Indians. Eskimos are worshiping Eskimos. We're the only ones that worship a white person. Everybody else in the world worships somebody their own color. You understand that? 
that was a form of brainwashing. And if now, if Jesus is God and God is white, what are you in their doctrine as a people? See, if Jesus was white and he's God then, and we're black, what must we be? We must be the devil. This is subliminal brainwashing to suppress us as a people so we can't see our way to heaven. We can't even construct a mental tower of Babel to get back to the Father because we're God. We're the lowest of the low. We're nothing. We lived in Africa and we was walking around naked and we ate people and one white guy named Tarzan came over to beat all the animals and beat all the Africans in one fight. This is subliminal brainwashing. It must be uprooted. The white man perpetrated that phoniness about black <laughs> being ugly and evil. Uh, the question about, I guess about maybe about two and a half months ago, uh, someone asked the question about shaving. Uh, I know I, I shave because of this job I'm on, and I probably wouldn't have a job if I didn't shave. Uh, then it's wise to shave if you need your job to survive. Allah does not have compulsory in being. If, you, if that's going to deprive you from supporting your family, you follow? Yes. Then shave. Allah knows that. Okay, uh, but the question is, uh, why uh, isn't a Muslim supposed to shave? And if uh, from, from the answer I got last time, uh, I say a razor is not to be placed upon your head or your face, then... Uh, oh, I, wasn't from us. I don't know who gave you that answer. That ain't one of mine. I mean, because you shave. I use a razor when I shave and trim my bed. I don't know where they got that from. Okay. Right. <laughs> that answers that question. Yeah, I don't know how to do that. I trim my bed. I keep my bed because the scripture says, do not mow the corners of your head. It tells you to keep a trim from a bed. But it, it within my cheek, side of my cheek, I do shave out to here and there. Uh, I used to be a student of Dr. Ben, and I'm sure you're familiar with him. Yes, and uh, he'll be working in Cairo, and it's going to surprise a lot of people to find out that he's becoming a Muslim. They're going to be quite surprised that he's converting to Islam. He's going to be working at the University of Cairo. Right? Uh, you're talking about Dr. Ben Jokinan. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Dr. Ben Johannes. Yes. The yeah. Person. He's getting ready to become a Muslim. <laughs> That's a great thing. Okay, uh, well, uh, in, in, in times gone by, uh, in one of his lectures, he did say that Islam and Christianity was brought onto us by the sword and the gun, and I would like to uh, have a better understanding of that. Sure. If you ever read the fundamental histories of Islam, you'll find out that before Muhammad left in the year 622 to go over to Medina to set up the community, he was the one being beat up. They didn't spread Islam by a sword. They were being beat by the Meccans and all the tribes who was in Arabia just because they were trying to teach the word of Allah. They wasn't fighting until after they got to the city of Medina and became a strong community, and then they wanted to come back to their own homes in Mecca, and that's when they started engaging in fights and battles with their own tribal members who were trying to suppress the propagation. Muslims didn't set out to war. See, here's a perfect example. The Crusades. Where was it fought? Was it fought in Europe or was it fought in Jerusalem? It was fought in Jerusalem, right? Yeah. So the Muslims were home, and these people came all the way from Europe over there to fight with them. Yet they say the Muslims spread their religion by the sword, yet the Christians left Europe with swords and came to Jerusalem to fight Salah al The Prophet Muhammad was in Mecca, 
trying to teach the religion of Abraham, the people started beating on them, they stoned them, they put a brick on top of Bilal, Rezilah, and who, you know, they persecuted them. They were pushed out of their houses, left their families, and moved to another city where they were welcome, lived there, then built a strong party of people, and came back and took over Mecca. And then they said, they spread it by their sword. They never thought about how they were getting beat up in the beginning, like me and you, right? I, I, you beat me up every day when I'm little. I leave and go and train myself and come back big, and I hit you back. Oh, he's violent. They forget that you were beating me up all the time. You caused me to go form an army, you see? And that's how they interpret Islam as being spread by the sword. Nobody is more violent than American Christians. But people don't understand when America goes to a country like Vietnam, they're going in the name of Jesus Christ because they're trying to spread Jimmy Swagger over at the same time they're trying to take the country. Christianity is the most violent religion in the world. Anybody on the news that you see, even Brawley and all of them people, are all Christians. Reverend Sharpton, all Christians. The guys trying to persecute them are all Christians. Christianity is a religion that spreads itself by the sword. Uh, something, uh, if you look around in here, uh, um, like in some Christian churches, if uh, you listen to a preacher on the radio, it says, uh, Bring all the sick, bring all the, uh, the, uh, the old people, the people in wheelchairs and um, you know, walking with canes and on crutches and all that. And uh, I know we have brothers and sisters out there who are in crutches, uh, wheelchairs and all that. And I don't see any of the brothers uh, that are out there uh, spreading the word uh, of Islam, approaching these people. Uh, I don't see any facilities in here for these people. What if these, should, these people should have a desire to join into the temple or become Islamic? Uh, what we are the provisions people. for them? We have people who come in here. We had several families who brought children in here who were considered crippled and couldn't walk. And after being here for a couple of months, we're walking in place. We don't put up that we're no healers because that's not, what, that's not what the mission is. The mission is to teach the word of the Most High, not to heal people. However, if people need healing, they can be healed. But that's not, I don't stand up as a faith healer, putting on hands, jumping around and all that kind of stuff. That's a big old act to get people's money. And I'm saying, I'm not into that. I'm into teaching people the truth about Allah, the oneness of Allah. That's it. And if they got faith, their faith will make them whole. Any man, he's he going to do this. He just said, watch out for people coming like that. They're going to they do so many signs and wonders that if it was possible, they'd even fool the elite. You got to be careful of them because it just doesn't work like that. Okay? Right. And there is facilities there for people who need it. My question is about the pictures that I see around and the pictures I see in your books. Right? What is the significance of including the pictures with the word? That's a very good question. The pictures you see on the wall is real important because if we don't do this, he's going to write them off as white, the way he does all other black men's pictures. He distorts the pictures and gradually alters the way they look, makes you know they're real, everybody's real life skin, the same way they did the Cleopatra movie and the Moses movie, and people now think Charleston Heston is Moses, and they think that Elizabeth Taylor is really what Cleopatra looked like. And so what I did is, and you happen to be a child that was smart enough to pull the pictures out. 99% of them are so afraid to touch the Bible, even in that state, that they'd never do that. And they start looking at those pictures as they read the Bible and really think that Jesus lived in the village and had a beard and looked like a hippie. They start getting that white Anglo-Saxon hippie image in their mind of what God looks like. And being there telling that Jesus is God, you know what that means they think they are? When they look at the and see a black face, they think that they see themselves as the opposite of white. Yeah. If they teach you that white is the opposite of black, then God is white, then what must black be the devil? 
So what I've done is said, like me or not, I'm going to start putting images of black people in the books, regardless of what anybody says, so that the children that read it start to see Moses and Jesus and Abraham and Yusuf and all the people of the scriptures in their real shade and color. The men on the wall are put there so people can remember these great men of our history. Because the white man would love for us to just knock Marcus Garvey and Nobu Juari and Honorable Elijah. He likes to lock them out of our history, but he makes sure me and you remember his history. Because if you reached in your pocket and took out a dollar bill, you'd be looking at a part of his history. And he makes sure we had our face on George and, and Abraham and Jefferson all day. He makes sure of it. So I'm not going to be fooling enough myself to say it's not important to me, I'm saying. When I think a physical impression in the mind is important. What a person thinks things are oftentimes has a, a way of affecting the way they react to things. Mm -hmm. I mean, people because see a white guy with a beard and they start little black kids saying, oh, Jesus, mommy. Oh, shit. My bad. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. To see Moses and Jesus and Abraham and Yusuf and all the people of the scriptures in their real shade and color. The men on the wall are put there so people can remember these great men of our history. Because the white man would love for us to just knock Marcus Garvey and Nobu Juari and Honorable Elijah. He likes to lock them out of our history, but he makes sure me and you remember his history. Because if you reach in your pocket and took out a dollar bill, you'd be looking at a part of his history. We made sure we cut our face on George and, and Abraham and Jefferson all day. He makes sure of it. So I'm not going to be fooling enough myself to say it's not important to me, I'm saying. When I think a physical impression in the mind is important. What a person thinks things are oftentimes has a, a way of affecting the way they react to things. Mm -hmm. I mean, people because see a white guy with a beard and they start little black kids saying, oh, Jesus, mommy, walking to the village. And the mother has to say, no, 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 that's a hippie. And that shouldn't be like that. You know, you know, it's interesting. It doesn't mean anything, but I agree with you in the sense that there was a certain um, hypnotic um, brainwashing that we've all been under as a result of, of his nonsense, all right? Oh, yeah. It's got to be sort of cleared, removed, yeah. all right? So when, by whatever means it has to be removed, I'm, I'm all for that, all right? Okay. Um, the other thing is this. I, I have absolutely no complaints about Ansar Allah, all right? From the first time I walked on this block, all I thought was love from all your people. When I come into the place, I only feel at home, all right? There's no other place that I've been between New York, Jersey, Connecticut, upstate New York, North Carolina, Florida, Texas, that I felt that way in, all right? Thank you, that's a compliment. Now, the other thing is that I, I want to come in, all right? I don't work for... A, I have my own, my, I do my own thing, it's more or less freelance, right? There's a number of things that I do to take care of my responsibilities, right? But I don't refer to it that way. I feel that he does certain things through me so that the things that I need are always there. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, I have two questions. The first is concerning how we'll be judged on Judgment Day. Uh, my question is, what difference would there be between, say, a grandmother that died 40 years ago versus someone who is on the street, has seen some brothers with the books but never stopped, and also between a person who might come here to class or even live in the community? How, what difference would there be in their judgments? 
a grandmother who was here 40 years ago before the truth hit the shores, right, will be judged by her own, what do you call it, her intentions in life, not by her scriptural law. 99% go to paradise automatically because they're going to be judged by how they believe as Christians, not how they, how they believe now that the truth has come. You follow that? Yes. In that which they did, you can tell. A person is a good, good Christian because they didn't know Islam, then you know that if they had been Muslim, they would have been good, good Muslims. So they're judged by their heart. That's right. Now, a person who walks the street, sees righteousness, knows it's right, and doesn't accept it, is called in the Quran a kafiruna. One who conceals what they know to be true. The translators maliciously translate that as disbeliever. There's no such thing as a disbeliever in the Quran. It's kafirun from the word kafir, to cover or conceal something. This person in the scripture is classified as like the devil. And the scriptures in Revelation says, will be cast into a lake of fire along with the devil. There to abide forever. So those people who see the truth and stall or maliciously turn away, they will be classified as devils and their abode will be what you are calling hell. Hell is just an script, a way of describing torment. And the torment one will receive is what they think they should get because you are your judge. And as gross as you think hell is for what you've done, that's exactly what it will be. Hell is like your nightmare, your worst nightmare. You create the nightmare, you talk to yourself while in the nightmare. So when you know right from wrong and do wrong, whatever you think hell will be, it'll be that and some more besides. I'm sorry, I was just wondering, if someone just sees, say, a brother on the street, and they see him dressed in the white, but they don't know what it's all about, they're totally ignorant to anything that has anything to do with Islam, and they pass by, would they be considered a captive because they no, don't take the time? they could be. They'd be judged by what they've done. Only once you know the truth, once you've opened the books and read it. That's why, that's why the first thing said to Rasulullah Muhammad was, Iqra, read. Read. First thing Jesus told in the books of Revelation is he sent this book and signified by his angel. And those who read this book, he says in the books of Revelation, you see that? And understand this book. So the thing is you must read to understand. So those people who do not understand will not be judged as sinners. They'll be judged by their morals, by their own intentions in life. Okay, so if I'm on the street or if there's someone that I know personally that I'd like to try to uh, let them know a few things, maybe suggest to them to read, and they just don't want to get into it, what would happen at that point? I mean, is it just over at that point? They're just judged for whatever they know. You are, see what happened is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, out of all the people in the world, made it possible for you to be in the presence of that person. Do you understand? Yes. So that person is being warned. And they're going to be judged then. You are the warner. See, that's why it says in the Quran, Muhammad is a, a witness over you, and you are a witness over each other. Each one of us, once we know the truth, become a witness, a testifier like Jesus Johnson. I testify of Jesus Christ. That's what he was talking about. So anybody you try to talk to, Allah sent you to them. And if they turn their back on you, they are classified captives if they don't listen. But remember, you have to be in full sunnah. Means full example of what righteousness is also. You can't walk up to them in a pantsuit and expect to convert them to a dress. <laughs> you can't walk up to them with a cigarette in your mouth. You know, like parents tell children, they tell children, don't go in the bathroom and smoke. 
smoking is bad for you. Uh, honey, go over there and get my cigarettes off the table. <laughs> you can't do that. You see what I'm saying? So your example has to be right. And when you approach them with the right example, when you're right, then they turn away, then they'll be just. But if you approach them and you're not right fully, and they turn away, you're the sinner. Because you brought to them a non-perfected way. I see. Shukran. Pleasure. Peace. Uh, I got a household situation here. I'm living with a Christian woman, but I believe in the Holy Quran. And our kids, we have four kids, and she's teaching them the Christianity uh, lessons too. Uh, being that that I'm a Holy Quran believer and she a Christian believer, what will happen in the future with our relation? The reality of that is, when you say I'm a Holy Quran believer, that doesn't say that you're a Muslim. It just says I'm a Holy Quran believer. And what Rasulullah Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam taught us to do is to convert people mainly by our example. Do you follow that? Yes. The example that you have in that house as a good person, the tenets that you would introduce in that house, the laws on cleanliness, or not, not drinking or smoking cigarettes, or your good nature will be more influential. There is no difference between a Christian and a Muslim, really. There is no difference. The Christian is merely saying that God came down to earth as a man and they call him Jesus, all right? Muslims are saying, no, he did not. He's always been in heaven. Now, when you eliminate those two arguments, okay, you come back to what do Christians believe? They believe that real Christians now, if you're good and good for people, you'll go to a place called heaven, correct? That good Christians, you shouldn't get drunk, you shouldn't kill, you shouldn't steal. So any of the Christian morals that he is putting into the child is not going to hurt the child. Your father, and the belief of Jesus being Allah in flesh, as the child gets old enough, or the children old enough to understand what they're reading in English, they'll see right through it in the Bible themselves. It don't take much. That's why that room is full of people. Because you people in that room begin to see that someone told y'all a lie. <laughs> you see? And you start to look at the Bible in a different way and look at the meaning. Don't be all messed up about it and wrecking yourself emotionally about it. Be gentle about it. And you study the Bible. Study the Quran, study all the scriptures, respect her for what she believes. You follow what I'm saying? And in time, truth will prevail and false things perish. Right. That's what will happen. Hey! I hope y'all enjoyed that, man. I got some more. Y'all want to hear some more? Say yes. Say no. Y'all want to hear some more? Okay. You know, I know I'm, I'm actually, you know, striving to, like, Hold up, let me make sure the sound is right first Because you know I'm doing it from a whole other type of receiver so You are now listening to the true light the I think this is loud enough Okay Let me know if it's too loud on the line Alright, hold on this shit good, Shawty. This is the be- this is the good one now. This even though the other shit it was but this is this is dealing with psychic self defense and a lot of stuff like that. And if you y'all gonna have an issue hearing this first question. And if I'm not mistaken, this woman's first question is, um, they are saying that um you worship Satan or you on that Satan shit. And um, hold on, hold on. Let me let me play it first, real quick, so I can know. And then I I'll, I'll, I'll tell y'all the question first that she asked him. 
in the second and answer session. Also, that um, your seven state times. She said, I was told that you're serving Satan. She said, I was told that you're serving Satan, and how can you hate the white people and love black, all right? So that's her question, but I'm going to rewind it back. So here we go. You are now listening to the true light of Sa'id al-Imam al-Hadi al-Mahdi in a live question and answer session. I was told that um, your are your servant Satan, so how could you hate the white people and uh, not black when God say that he came to save the world? Where does it say in the Bible that God came to save the world? I don't see it. It's not in the Bible. It says right in there that Jesus came to the lost sheep of the house of Israel only. Tells you right to John, tells you the Hebrews. So we're looking at it, says it. Came to the lost sheep in Matthew 15, verse 10, where he asked for his being confronted with a Canaanite woman who he refuses to heal. Mind you, Jesus refuses to heal the Canaanite woman. This is what you're saying, God. Yet he won't, he won't heal somebody. Why didn't Jesus heal this woman in Matthew 15? Read Matthew 15, everyone. In verse 21, it says, Then Jesus went thence and departed unto the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cried after us. But he answered and said, Now make note that this is what Jesus said. Because of course, in your Bible, it should be in your red print, I think. You didn't read your Bible? Oh, yes. Okay, this is what Jesus said concerning this woman. And he said concerning himself, go ahead. I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Why do people keep saying Jesus is sent to everybody in the world, whereas the Bible right here says he wasn't? Why do they keep lying on Jesus? He never said these things. Christians made these things up. He said he was only sent to the lost sheep of Israel only. So why do people think he's not, he's not interested in the Yugoslavians? And he's not interested in the people in Ireland. He's not interested in people in London. He's not interested in people in France. He's not interested in people in Spain. He's not interested in other people but the lost sheep. Notice he says lost here. Because he was there standing amongst people who were calling themselves Jews. He was right there with people calling themselves Jews. But what did he say? Talking to the head of disciples are standing there, correct? And these disciples also claim to be of the house of Israel, both of them, correct? But notice what he says about that. What are they? Are they found? Did he say, I was not sent for the Lord, but now found? <laughs> He's talking to them and still saying they're not there. Read it again. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. What, he's not sent? They're still lost? Did he talk to them? He knew he was sent to a people that had not yet come. That's why he said in Matthew John that it's better for him to go. Because he had many things to say unto them, but they could not bear them yet. So they could easily say, they could say we worship the devil if they wish. We worship what Jesus worshiped. Allah or Eli, the same word. We worship what Jesus worshiped. If they want to say that, they worship Jesus. We don't worship Jesus. We worship what Jesus worshiped, <laughs> which is the Father of the heaven and the earth, our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. That's what Jesus said. Not our Father who was in heaven and has now come down to earth as his son. That's not what Jesus says in Matthew. We were Matthew. Jesus says the Lord prayer concerning the Father. Our Father who art where? Now this is Jesus telling people to pray. Our Father who art in heaven. 
hallowed or holy be thy name. Is Jesus' name holy then? Or is his father's name holy? His father's name. This is what he said. You know what the problem is? People are busy listening to teachers, teachers, and false prophets and prophetesses. There's a whole lot of women preachers out there too now. And they're just making up their own doctrine about the Bible without even understanding. They're, they're philosophizing and opinionating. They're just not using facts. Go directly to the Bible, read it word for word, and see what it says. Jesus right there tells everybody who he was sent to. He was sent to Israel. Was he planning on making a new religion then? No. But the people of Israel already had laws they followed. They followed the books of Moses, Moshe. They followed the laws of Israel. They had certain laws they kept. The 50th day of the month Nisan was Pentecost. So when these people make up a church called the Pentecostal Church for? They had to do with the coming in of the new season in Judaism. And they were never doing no new church. They baptized with water and with fire. The fire baptism was a sacrifice. The water baptism was total submerged into water. Where they get this Baptist church from? Luther was a man who went up against the churches of England and they formed a church called the Lutherans. Everybody bears witness to Yahweh. But it says I have to say God, I can't say to bear witness to him. Everyone bears witness to Yahweh, which they mistranslated as Jehovah and call themselves Jehovah Witnesses. They're not saying that's it. <laughs> and Jesus said, right, when render unto Caesar what is Caesar, and unto the Lord what is the Lord. Caesar was the governor of what place? Of Rome, right? So there's no way you can be a Roman Catholic, but Jesus separated Rome from the kingdom of God. He said, render unto Caesar what is Caesar, and unto the Lord what is the Lord. So there's no such thing as a Roman Catholic. So where do you get that one from? Can I keep going or can y'all see the rest of them? They make these things up, Lutheran, Pentecostal, uh, Baptist, Jehovah Witness. They took incidents out of the law and made whole congregations upon them. You know how come they did that? Because in St. John, Jesus told them they couldn't establish the church yet. He said he will build his church. He looked at Peter, Cyprus, and said, I'll build my church upon this rock. Using it as an example as a person. He will do it. Not Peter, not Paul. But they went out after him after he openly told these people, what did he say? I have yet many things to say unto you, however, you cannot bear them yet. What? This is St. John chapter 7. Does he not say that? For if I am a teacher, and I have not finished teaching you, how the heck are you going to go set up a school to teach? He told he didn't finish teaching them yet. That means the Christians are setting up a school of thought, and the doctrine and the curriculum is not yet complete. <laughs> How is that possible? There's many things I have to say unto you, however you cannot bear it yet. But when peace, the spirit of truth comes, the comforter, by the way, he shall not speak of himself, only that which he hears shall he speak. And he shall glorify the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost was with Jesus when he was baptized in the Jordan by John the Baptist. The Holy Ghost visited Mary to tell her she was going to be pregnant. The Holy Ghost visited Zachariah to tell her he couldn't speak. The Holy Ghost visited Elizabeth. The Holy Ghost visited Sarah and Abraham. The Holy Ghost visited Jacob in the, in the wilderness. The Holy Ghost has been here since the foundation of the world. What is this stuff? The Holy Ghost is coming all of a sudden like it's something new. Jesus didn't say that. He said, I will send you what? I will send you another comforter. What does the word another mean even in English? Somebody tell us the meaning of another is. Do you know? There'll be one and there'll be another one. Well, there it is. You have one thing and there'll be another like Now, he said you'll send another company. So either the angel Gabriel is going to come to another woman and she is going to 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.